John LeBon here with MetaFay episode double zero on the 7th of November 2016. And my, oh my, doesn't this whole FE scene just keep getting more and more interesting with every passing week? Of course, those of you tuning in live will be fully aware of what just took place over on the Antonio Subarats channel. And that will take up a big portion of what we're going to discuss today, I'm sure. Those of you listening on delay or on archive, don't worry, we'll fill you in with the context. Wow, this is probably the biggest day in FE since daytime, nighttime, which also featured Antonio as well. Hasn't he just become the most controversial figure in this funny little scene that we find ourselves paying attention to for one reason or another? So my plan today is to get on board a couple of people who said they want to join me for the show. And there's a few things that we'd like to talk about. I've already touched on one of them, of course, the meltdown by Antonio that was just witnessed by 150 people live. Would you believe that? Between 100 and 150 people watching a live on-air meltdown. Fascinating stuff. But there's also a few other things that we'd like to talk about as well. And in the last couple of weeks, of course, I did have Meta Faye, the first pilot episode, episode zero, as well as an impromptu chat with a couple of interesting characters, including a man named Cathexis who describes himself as a flat earth apologist. And uh, there's a good chance that one or more of those will join me for the show today, but we'll just see how it all pans out. Now, for those of you who didn't listen to MetaFay episode zero, you can check that out on johnlebond.com. But basically the idea with these shows isn't to discuss the shape of the earth, release. that's not the primary interest. It's more to discuss this little scene that has sprung up around it because whether they're right or they're wrong about their cosmology and these sorts of things, there are literally hundreds of people around the world right now who are paying a lot of attention to this FE scene. And by studying them, I think we get to learn a little bit about the human condition, social dynamics, basic psychology and sociology, especially group psychology, what you might call herd psychology or crowd psychology. There's plenty that can be learned from studying these characters. And we can also have ourselves a little bit of fun as well, because hey, if you check the studies, it turns out that something like three hours per day is the amount of time that the average American and Australian watches television. Three hours per day of sitting there uh, being told what to think or what to laugh at by their screen. Uh, if some of us want to spend a little bit less time than that, maybe an hour or so a week, maybe a couple of hours a week watching this FE reality TV, then can you really judge us? Some people might say, yes, you shouldn't be watching any, and that's understandable. But if we live in a world where people are watching 20 hours a week of one-way nonsense on TV, I'm going to forgive myself if I spend a few hours watching this reality TV scene that is the FE so-called movement. Now, while I've been talking, I have been joined by my first guest, for this episode, that is a man coming to us, I think, from Florida, there in the United States. I've been joined by Cathexis. Cathexis, can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. And uh, once again, your audio is not coming through too loud, so just make sure that you do speak into that microphone nice and clearly for us. So, Cathexis, just for those who aren't already aware, can you just give us a brief overview of how you first came to be paying attention to this FE scene? Oh, goodness. Wow. Um, about a year and a half ago, I was, I was staying away from any, uh, I guess you can call it conspiracy research for a good three years, um, kind of took a huge break, did a bunch of stuff, didn't pay attention. So I wanted to catch up on what people were saying about Sandy Hook, Boston bombing, these things that were I was already very suspicious of, but didn't know how people were breaking it down. 
So as I was, of course, observing it, you hear this all the time, you see in the recommended other conspiracies, so to speak, and that was one of them. At first, the cognitive dissonance is there. I was like, this is retarded. This is ridiculous. It's put there to make truthers look crazy. It's probably a Christian conspiracy. All those excuses popped up in my mind. And then I finally got bored, decided to look into what these people were saying, and uh, found some interesting aspects of it concerning the model that we are currently in. So it wasn't so much that I found so much validity with uh, a lot of the flat earth claims. It was more of the questioning of heliocentricity and, and trying to see how we got here, the history of, of astronomy, why we say it's a globe, how to prove that it's a globe. So over the past year, it's been, that's been my focus. But the drama side of it is certainly an element you can't take away. It was very interesting tonight. Let's be honest here, Cathexis. I don't want to speak for you, but I suspect that this will apply to you as much as to me. We got into this because we found the study of cosmology interesting. And hey, what is the official scientific story for why we can't feel the spin? We know we're on a giant spinning ball, but how come we can't feel the spin? Let's look into it. And here we are 18 months later, and we're watching people have meltdowns live on the air. And if we're being honest, we're kind of enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, you kind of summed it up uh, very well. This is just, I mean, honestly, I don't try to get into the whole, uh, I guess you can call it drama side of it. I try to leave personalities aside, but that was a bit odd this evening. I, it certainly was. Well, while we've been talking, we've been joined by the uh, second guest for the show, and possibly this could be the entire panel. I think between the three of us, we'll get plenty of interesting things discussed. We've got with us the truth the troll, the most infamous truth the troll in this entire scene, if I do say so myself. Tim Osmond coming to us live, I think, from California. Tim, can you hear me? I sure can. No, I moved back to Denver. Back in Denver. Fantastic. Well, mate, my plan today is to discuss a few things, but let's just get the most topical and pertinent out of the way straight away. You were just watching that little meltdown on Antonio's channel. Why don't you give me your first thoughts on reflection? Really, I, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't uh, I would never have any kind of motive to to do something like that, but uh, really, I, I need probably some time to, to process what I just heard, and and uh, yeah, so I, I have no idea, man. I, it was just uh, just a train wreck from start to finish. For the benefit of the archive listeners, let me give you all the four one one. A long time ago, maybe late twenty fifteen, uh, Patricia Steer burst onto the scene with her flat Earth and other hot potatoes interviews, and before long, had accumulated more than one hundred interviews with random YouTubers who only claim to fame was that they had come out and called themselves flat earthers. In most cases, these were absolute nobodies, but the show got pretty popular. And at the same time, Nathan Oakley was doing his show. I think he called it, um, oh, the name will come to me, but he was doing a, a weekly show. It was actually pretty good by YouTube standards, interviewing people about their opinions on things. He got some big guests on his show. He got, um, who was that guy? You know, the original one, the NASA channel guy, uh, Matt Boyland. He got Matt Boyland on his show. He got uh, Jamie, the uh, fake space man in space. So he got some pretty decent names in this scene onto his show. Next thing he's interviewing this guy called Antonio Subrats, who is apparently a part Spanish, part British man living in Britain or something like this. Fast forward a little while and next thing you know, Patricia and Antonio are having a live on-air relationship. They've announced their marriage. She's flying from the US over to England to get married. And people like me are thinking, wow, this will be a ratings goldmine. These people are going to dominate the scene. 
well, it didn't work out so well and uh, their marriage or their plans for marriage or engagement went kaputski and she flew back to the US just a few weeks ago and Antonio had been relatively quiet and people like me were thinking he's just going to play it smart, play it cool, let it all go and move on and maybe try and rehabilitate his uh, public persona. Well, I was wrong. He's not doing that at all. He came out tonight with uh, what a one, two, maybe maybe more than two-hour live show and dished the dirt. We heard things about his sex life with Patricia, about how other flat earthers were telling him how to engage in sex with Patricia. We heard that he thinks that she's a psychopath. In fact, that was the main theme of his show, that this lady who is a leader of the flat earth scene on YouTube is, in his opinion, a psychopath and a compulsive liar and uh, has no empathy, no feelings for people. In fact, he's now saying that she never really felt anything for him. She doesn't care about him and now he doesn't care about her. And of course, the wisdom of the flat earth scene uh, came to the fore because he was surrounded on his panel by a bunch of people who should have, should have said, Antonio, this isn't the time or place, man. Go off air. This is not, this is not good for you or for anybody. Uh, but instead, they sat there. They enjoyed the show because this is all drama for them. That's all this scene is for most people is just drama. And I have to say, I can't really judge them because I was enjoying the drama as well. So that's my synopsis, Cathexis. What was your take? <laughs> Very similar. You couldn't script it this well. I mean, honestly, as, observing it, I've never seen a person come out and do such a thing uh, as Antonio. And I have no qualms with him. I've actually had some really good conversations with Antonio and Patricia as well. But this is the last thing I expected either of them to do. It's very odd. That's all I have to say. Like, it's very strange. I really wanted to go in there and be like, dude, relax. Just, just <laughs> this is all private information. Like, they, so I, I am a bit suspicious at this point. I'll be honest. I am when you say suspicious, suspicious, you're saying that you wonder if perhaps this was part of the script, the uh, the messy breakup, and then the uh, the two or three weeks later live show airing the dirty laundry. You think this could have been part of a, a longer play? I strangely I do, and I'm not one of these type of cons like I go I don't go that far in conspiracies normally, but this if you observe the whole thing over the past three four months or whatever. It seems like this perfect setup. And I even heard people making this joke uh, kind of when she decided to go out there. I mean, like you said, they announced their marriage. It was all just so, I don't know. It, it, you just don't see things like that in reality. So What's then what got me, though, just quickly, was he kept mentioning she was trying to get him into a, uh, a TV show of a reality TV show. And he wouldn't clarify his point. Well, this seems like the show. But I don't know. I have no proof of any of this. It just, to me, it looks su suspicious. Is all. Well, it's probably important to explain to the listeners who might not be aware that there is money in YouTube AdSense revenue or YouTube ad revenue, uh, whatever they call it, monetization, I suppose, where it's not simply the video that plays before a video on a monetized channel. You can also place ads within a show. Now, if it's just a four or five minute video, what are you going to do? Put maybe one, maybe one ad in there? But if you're doing regular live hangouts that are two, three, sometimes more than that hours long, you can fit in several ads and potentially make some handy pocket money from these hangouts, even if they're only getting a couple of thousand views. Cathexus, have you looked into how much money can be made by, say, say a YouTube channel has about 10,000 subscribers and is regularly getting a couple thousand views? Are you aware of the rough estimates of how much such a channel could make from their uh, monetization? Oh yeah, I'm I'm not aware of the formula exactly or what they have to you know meet to, uh, the requirement wise, but I have there's a couple of websites that you can search 
the particular channel, it'll tell you all the stats. It'll tell you how much that they're they're averaging per month. So I mean, I've I've looked at it, and I know it's it's definitely something. Um, and that was another thing that really struck me is he just casually mentioned that Nathan Oakley was very upset because he was making less money than him or something along those lines. I can't remember how he put it, but that was an issue that he brought up off of the, oh, it was, it was, it was like Nathan Oakley versus Patricia. He's making more money than her. And she was upset. It was just casually mentioned. So yeah, I'm, I'm very aware of that. They, there's definitely money to be made. You see, I don't monetize either of my uh, main channels. I don't monetize any of my work on YouTube yet anyhow. So I don't personally have any firsthand information to share about how much money you can make from monetization. But I've spoken with many different people, not just from this scene, but from other scenes about their firsthand experience and what they've heard from people about how much you can make from monetization. And the stories that I hear can vary quite wildly. Uh, but from what I can gather, and again, this is just based off anecdotal reports. This is an empirical. This is just from what I've gathered from speaking to a lot of people. It does seem as though if you've got a YouTube channel with, say, anywhere from five to 20,000 subscribers, and you're regularly getting a couple thousand views to a video and to a live hangout, and you're happy to place four or five ads in there, you can make anywhere from maybe 50, 100, maybe more than $100 a week just from doing this. And really, once you get started and you build up your audience, there's not that much work that goes into it. You sit in front of your computer in front of a, a webcam, you press start broadcast, you talk, and you attract your audience, and it's pretty decent pocket money for any person. Now, me personally, I wouldn't begrudge anyone the chance to do that. If they've got an audience that wants to watch and wants to put up with the ads, I say go for it. But the reason I bring this up is simply to give listeners who might not be aware the, the information or the idea that there is a financial incentive in all of this that could lead someone to upping the drama and maybe not scripting things, but being happy for things to play it a certain way if they can see it bringing in them more money. I'll go to you there, Tim. Do you think there's a possibility that there is some financial incentive at play with all of the drama that we're seeing in the FE scene? Yeah, there absolutely is. You can look at pretty much any uh, video like that was made about Tiger Dan or anything. Uh, I mean, it, like uh, any of Jaren's videos, you'll see probably five times of views on those. So people people do gravitate towards the drama, not only in real life, but but on uh, you know the flat Earth life or whatever. So yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've I've heard that uh, some of these people can make some money. I mean, mostly when you watch you know a six minute video from Nathan Oakley and it's uh, you know got five ads or something. So <laughs> I I don't I don't know I don't know. And all these live that. hangouts, I suppose I suppose you could. Well, most just, of these trolls come in, and and I mean, just like Antonio, all the, all the free Chan communist uh, Chan trolls came in and started giving him clicks. Basically, you know, I mean, this his video, just watch it. It'll be his biggest video probably ever. So yeah, I mean, there is there is money to be made off of drama for sure. Yeah, just quickly, I want to add. I found this website called socialblade.com. This is what I was kind of mentally referring to just a moment ago. You could type in any channel on really anything, YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, whatever, and it'll tell you how much they're making monthly and what the estimated yearly is based off of their current progress. So you can see, I mean, and it's not much. It, with just YouTube alone, it looks like uh, Patricia is sitting at like 150 a month estimated. I'm not saying this is true. It's just estimated from this website. Nathan Oakley, about the same amount, says uh, – up to 200. 
So, I mean, there is money, and that's, I think they're just using it based off of their clicks because it's about how many you can view, uh, how many can view it. So, if it gravitates, if more people come to it because of that, well, sure, there's money to be made, but I just don't know. Ultimately, I can't say that this is all a money-making thing. Like, Flat Earth is probably the last thing I would think can make some serious money on the internet. Considering you would think that, but let me let me pitch something to you. Let me let me mention something to you. See what you think about this. There was a book that was released a few years ago, and it was called, I think, the Four Hour Work Week. In fact, Tim, I, I think you might know a thing or two about this as well. This idea oh, of if you if you build up a passive income stream, uh, once you've got it down pat, you can just work on it a few hours a week, move on to the next one. Because of the internet now, you can find or even build your own cottage industry. And so long as you are at the top of that little scene, even if it's only a thousand people big, if you're at the top of it, then you can sell books, you can make videos with ads, you can have a website with a membership, whatever it is that you want to do, you can make a small income stream. And once you've got it started, you can come back and maintain it, go and move on to the next thing and on to the next thing. That's that's the broad idea that was touched on in that book. And yeah. so because of the internet now and because it's so easy to set up your own, um, you know, money uh, transacting through through PayPal. You can set up your own systems whereby people can pay you more or less directly. PayPal take a small cut. It doesn't matter if the topic that you're interested in or that you're talking about only has a tiny fraction of a percent of the population interested in it. So long as you are towards the top of that scene, you can make money now. So people say, oh, Flat Earth would be the worst thing to try and make money off. Uh, yeah, unless there's nobody talking about Flat Earth. And anyone who wants to talk about it has to listen to you. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. You kind of corner the market, like like you say, a cottage industry. And yeah, that book by Tim Ferriss is fantastic. Um, I'm right. I, I read that several years back, along with uh, Four Hour Body. But you're absolutely right. If you set it up a certain way, it can be used. Um, it's just you know, just from the first glance, though, you wouldn't think that it's possible considering the topic but i mean you might be right a lot of people may make that accusation a lot of global globers make the accusation against like uh dubay now dubay's put out actual physical books i think he has three books for 28 bucks a pop i'm sure he sold a couple hundred of those i'm quite positive so i guess the argument could be made that it's for you know for monetary gain but i just don't see it as like this but you're right i guess the cottage industry aspect of it yeah well, I'm not saying that it is all for monetary gain. I'm just trying to explain to listeners who might not be aware that there is money to be made in this through different avenues. And again, this idea of, oh, but it's flat earth, isn't that the worst thing to make money from? If everybody thinks that way, then it's the best thing to make money from because you'll be the only person doing it. And Dubai is a good example. He released his book, Flat Earth Conspiracy, I think at the end of 2014. And then when Sargent's Flat Earth Clues came along in 2015, early 2015, all of a sudden Dubai was um, sort of he was getting more exposure through the work of Sargent. Obviously, he released his work before Sargent, but Sargent was the one who really got this uh, big in this little And then they YouTube created scene. that drama between each other. And then there was the drama the between the two. Yeah, exactly. That and so Dubai attention. was selling his book for $10. I bought a copy. I've got a, like, I bought the PDF myself for $10. I'm more than happy to do that because at the time, I thought Dubai's work was the best in the scene. I still think it is, in many cases, still better than most other people's. I was happy to pay the $10. And sure, most people who get involved in the Flat Earth drama and are in the live chat, most of those people will never hand over a cent for anything. They're just here for free drama. Most of them probably uh, like our mate Martin Leadke smoking 20 spliffs a day by his own admission, probably don't have the money to hand over to other people for their content. But 
Dubai doesn't need everyone giving him money. He only needs the occasional person like me or possibly like you, Cathexas. Only needs a few people handing over the money. He's living in Thailand, man. So $10 a book, That's he only has to sell a few copies here and there and he's living fine. And I say, insofar as he's doing his own work and releasing it, I say good on him. The point that I'm simply trying to make to people is there is money to be made and that can be an incentive for people to do things that they might otherwise not do. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a cottage or industry. I... I mean, you think about it, Cathexas. If somebody wants to listen to genuine skepticism, to sensible grown men just having a conversation where nobody gets hurt about topics such as, well, is our oil really dead dinosaurs? Or were there even really dinosaurs 60 million years ago to begin with? If they want to hear a sensible, rational conversation about that, where can they go? They've got to go and listen to our impromptu chat last week, right? Now, I released that one for free. People can get that on my website for free. But what's stopping someone like anyone listening to this show right now who wants to go and read the books, do the research, and then start their own show? They'll have their own dinosaur cottage industry because no one is doing this. And the closest that we have are these clowns and charlatans in Flat Earth who sit around talking about how hard they wish, how hard they were having sex with with other leading flat earth proponents. Do you see what I'm trying to say? So if, if you want to listen to these abstract, unusual, somewhat esoteric topics, all you've got is flotsam and detritus on YouTube. There, there are cottage industries just waiting for people to cash in on right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. When you dig so far down, you know, you end up finding that <laughs> there really isn't many people talking about these more specialized topics that you just mentioned so no and any intelligent people who come along to Texas who who are like oh yeah you're right like there are plenty of intelligent people out there who still haven't been exposed to this where if you said to them hey you know how we live on a giant spinning ball hurtling around the sun and they're like yeah and then you're like how do you how do you prove that we're spinning though there are plenty of intelligent people out there who are like well I'll just go and look into it I'm sure there's a good explanation I just mustn't have been paying attention in school that day I want to go find it out and then they end up in a similar position to where you and I are, Cathexis. The problem is mm -hmm. when you start thinking differently to the way that everyone around you thinks, naturally you want to seek out other people, whether they agree with you or disagree with you about everything, at least they're willing to talk about these things. Those, those people yeah. will go, they'll find the potato crew, they'll find the lobe busters who did a three-hour show today talking about pyramids for Christ's sakes. They'll be turned away. You'll never see those people again, Right. But if there, was, if there were people who could just sit down and have a calm, rational discussion like the one that you and I are having right now, those people might be more likely to stick around. So I, I actually see this as a tremendous opportunity for me, for you, possibly for Tim, possibly for some of the people listening right now. There are intelligent people who want these conversations. They'll enjoy the drama. They'll watch the drama for fun, for lulls. But they're not emotionally invested in these people. Like they, they feel bad for them. I feel bad for Martin, but I, I can't yeah. stop that guy you know, smoking 20 clips a day, leaving his wife for 27 years because of flat earth. I can't stop that guy. So I'll enjoy the drama, but I'm still interested in the real conversations. And I think there are plenty of people out there just like us, Cathexas. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I do. Tonight was just something unique. Like I said, it was just, <laughs> I'd never seen that. And it's funny because usually it's, it's the other side. I hate to sound, you know, like sexist, but usually it's the female who would come out and be so, <laughs> you know, let all the information out. I was, I just wanted to shake Antonio and just be like, man, you need to, you need to back this up. So I don't know. It's, it's the whole thing's interesting. And that, that stuff is always along the path. Like you said, the drama is always going to be there, but yeah, I, I'm with you, John. What well, kind of a going to Tell me, tell me this. He, he went into details about the actual sex life. Is that what you're saying? 
dude, didn't you hear what he said? He was like, um, he was explaining that she, that Patricia has a, a back complaint, scoliosis, which oh, just means yeah. like a curvature oh. at the back. Oh. And so he had to be very tender with her. <laughs> I'm thinking about the curvature, right? <laughs> yeah, curvature, oh there, there, there you go. And then, um, and then he said that he had Nathan Oakley telling him to, I mean, I, I kind of feel embarrassed just repeating this in, um, yeah, in a euphemistic way. Yeah, cringy. But, but, but these yeah. guys were explicit about it, right? Like, like Antonio yeah. was explicit in, in his repetition of what Nathan had said. And like, this was all happening live on the air, uh, not more than an hour ago, right? Like, this, yeah. this is actually happening today, right? If you could go back 18 months when it all first started with, um, that's almost two years now, with Sergeant's Flat Earth Clues Part 1. If you could go back then and say, hey, guys, by the way, towards the end of 2016, this is what's going to be going down nobody would have believed you. And yet here we are, that just happened. And look, I don't know, has he, has he taken the video down yet? Or is he going to leave it up and monetize it? I guess time will tell. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, uh, I, I was just kind of shocked the whole time. And I missed the first like 30 minutes when he did his psychopath presentation. I went back and tried to flip through it, but you know, I, I've had breakups before where immediately within the first month, I thought my ex was a psychopath. Sure. But if you stop and you think about it and you live your life a little bit more, you realize, oh, no, you just got hurt and you didn't like how they behaved. You don't go on YouTube and broadcast to 3,000 people plus. Well, it wasn't live that many people, but all his subs get to see it. Now, if he keeps it up, that's going to be cut up and passed around. It just makes no sense. And then if you uh, you calculate the other things that he's done, and with all due respect to Antonio, like seriously, I have no issue with the guy. Like I said, I've had a good conversation. But you look at the, the dance that he that got put out right when, when she landed, and then you look at this little event, and then in on the in-between, him basically voraciously attacking religion and Christians specifically. I don't know if you caught it, any of that, but – he was on a war. He was on an inquisition. He was really, really angry with Christians. And he was like isolating people, you know, calling people out, being very vindictive. So it's just been a weird three months to observe what's been happening. People who are talking flat earth. Yeah. Yeah. And the people who've been paying attention to this closely, especially the ones who are emotionally invested, have they learned anything important empirically about the earth in that three months? And of course, the answer is no. And I think we're at the point now where most people, I think, will accept the statement or the claim that a lot of their interest in this FE scene is to do with the the human side of it, the drama side of it, call it whatever you want. Yeah. I think most people are being honest, I'll admit, they're not really watching this stuff to learn about the earth anymore. This has taken on a life of its own. And I guess with this show, Metafae, this is one of the things I want to touch on now. We're watching something Forget, forget the shape of the earth. You think it's a giant spinning ball. You think it's a flat disc. Let's just put that aside for now and let's come together and enjoy what is happening here and enjoy it not in a macabre or a schadenfreude type of way. I mean, you saw me live on that show with Antonio a moment ago. I said to him, dude, like, what are you, you know, would you, would you recommend other people do this? Yeah, I was, I was trying to say to him, listen, man, would you, if, if you had a friend who just went through a breakup, would you recommend that they go live on the air and talk about all the dirty uh, details? Would you do that? And uh, there was no there was no reasoning with him. I don't think you can reason with that man at this at this point in time. He's not. I don't think he's in it. Look, if he's a real person, he is not in a good emotional state right now. That guy probably shouldn't have access to live Google Hangouts. You know what I mean? And if he actually has <laughs> friends around him, his friends should be saying, "Hey, dude, don't 
don't do this, man. This is not good for you. This is not good for anybody, right? I don't think that guy actually has any any good, solid friends around him. He he thinks these people in the flat earth center his friends. They're not. They're here for the drama, right? They're not going to say to him, hey, Ant- hey, Antonio, don't do it, man, because they're getting off on the on the drama just as much as everybody else, as the rest of us, right? So Truthfully, just... John, though, I, I, think that he, I, thought, I think that he really thought he was hot stuff because he was with Patricia. Like, I think that he wanted to come out and, you know, tell the nitty-gritty because he he just – I don't know. I think he was projecting. I think he's a probably I was just a about to say that. narcissist. Yeah. yeah, I felt a lot of projection. Like I said, I mean, I'm not trying to be critical of him, uh, but he, you know, he'll probably take it wrong. But I, I did sense a lot of projection. You, you don't open up your show with a presentation about psychopaths. It's just it's it's over the top. And really, I think the word should be narcissist is really what. He should have been approaching, which, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, most folks on YouTube fall into those categories. There's a reason why a human being would want to put themselves out there. Typically, I mean, I've seen it quite a lot, but, you know, it's hopefully this, I don't know what he's, hopefully he takes the video down. That's what I'm hoping because it doesn't help anything. I'm downloading <laughs> right now, so. Shut up, Tim. What, what can possibly be achieved, though, putting aside the whole flat earth thing, putting everything aside, what can ever be achieved from going public? Because YouTube is entirely public. Yes, only people watching this are people already into Flat Earth, so they're already familiar with these characters, right? However, YouTube is accessible by anybody. anybody. How could it ever benefit any sane, grown adult to go live on the air in the weeks or month following a breakup and dish the dirty laundry on the person they were just with? It, it can't help them uh, in any way. It can't, it can't help them, um, you know, in terms of uh, therapeutic benefits or anything like that, you're 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 telling the world things that the world has no right to know, is not better off for knowing, and you're also signalling to any potential future partners. Oh, by the way, if things go pear shaped, everyone's going to find out about it. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Like whether it's Absolutely. a romantic relationship, a business relationship, a prof- like a like a working online YouTube relationship, the stuff that happens behind the scenes to go and publicly broadcast the nitty gritties to the public that. That is, it's, it's, I, I try not to use the word insane too often because, hey, look what topics we're talking about. But that's the kind of thing that if there is insanity, that'd be right up there. It's like, what, what, this is not good for your future. This is terrible for your future, what you're doing, isn't it? Yeah, and I've seen that before. Um, I don't know these two very well. I'm very friendly with both, but Wakey Wakey and, and uh, Matrix Decode, when they had their falling out, both of them put out the most private of information. On each yeah, other. they wanted that keychain money, dude. It was that keychain money. It was so, ah, man, it was so odd to see because you see decent work, you see people getting along, you see people working on something, and all of a sudden, some goes sideways, and then they both are putting out everybody's dirty laundry, and like that to me, what just like you said, was a signal of, of try not to interact with them on a, like a higher business level or YouTube level. Um, and, and I don't mean that like on a personal level. I like Ben. I've never met Wakey, but but the point is that this is a similar situation. You know, he's coming out and this serves really his ego. I don't want to like completely psycho, you know, analyze him, but this was egoic projection. And, it, it, you know, when you are in a state of vulnerability because you had potentially put your feelings out there and some and basically you had the wrong impression of somebody and then they left. This is usually what you see, but privately, you don't see it on a forum like this and, and putting being put out there. 
Yeah, your, your reference yeah. to the wakey wakey uh, matrix decode incident is a good one. It's a valid one. For those who don't know, perhaps six months ago, six or seven months ago, uh, who had been on the Baller Skeptic Roundtable with myself and David Weiss, and also Wakey Wakey, who has had his own blog and his own work pre-Flat Earth. He's probably got, I don't know, about 10,000 YouTube subscribers. Well, they met through the Baller Skeptic Roundtable because Wakey Wakey, Mark, was one of our guests. They got along really well. They happened to live, they both lived in Spain, not too far from one another. So they caught up in real life and they hit it off. They got on really well. They're both intelligent, creative people. So they actually started making like a sketch show. It was called the Flat Earth Rebel Outpost. And it was very funny. It was probably some of the best stuff that anyone in this scene has produced in the past uh, couple of years. It was really good stuff. And uh, everything was going really well. They released five or six episodes. Then there was some kind of disagreement over money, as is often the case. And before you knew it, they were one of them deleted all of the videos from the channel without the other's permission. Then they both started getting involved in a tit-for-tat where they were releasing videos, dishing the complete dirt on one another. One of them was saying, oh, he still lives with his parents and, you know, he, he um, manipulates them into giving, into giving him money. You know, he lies to his parents to get money from him. These are full-grown men, by the way. The other one was saying, yeah, well, he's a, he's a tax dodger and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it got really full-on. And at the time, yeah. I was still in contact with Ben, and I said to him off the air, I was like, man, this is not going to help you. For the exact same reasons I mentioned a few minutes ago with Antonio, it's like, this is not going to help you because what you're saying to the world is, if something go, if you and I are close in any way and things go pear-shaped, I'm going to try to character assassinate you. So I was like, dude, this, I said to Ben, dude, even if you are 100% correct in everything that you're saying, and he's a bad guy, even if that's the case, let's just say for argument's sake, this is not going to help you going public with this stuff. Do you know what I mean? And I would yeah. like to think he had lots of people behind the scenes saying the same thing to him. I would like to think that. But how many people, how many of these flat earthers who think they've got flat earth friends, how many of those flat earth friends even have the cranial capacity to think of this stuff, let alone share it with them and say, listen, don't want to put you offside. I'm not trying to say that I'm not on your side here, but you've got to stop doing what you're doing because it's bad for you. A few, if any, there are no real friends in this flat earth scene. Let's be honest here. And we've just seen another example of it tonight. We've just seen another example of it. People who claim they're about to get married and now we're listening to one of them dish the dirt about, you know, their sex lives, man. Come on. There are no, fr- Tim, help me out here, dude. Yeah. There are no friends in flat earth. Surely tonight put the final nail in that coffin. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there are no friends, uh, but, but really the, the perception to a lot of the viewers is that there are friends and they are their friends. So that's kind of the, the problem because most of these people at the top and for some reason don't have jobs and have money. And now all of a sudden, probably three months ago, all started doing multiple ads per video. So, and, you know, going, you know, Mark Sargent going behind a paywall. So yeah. uh, I, you know, and I don't know every, everything with, with the whole Mark Sargent and the, the girls. I mean, I remember him uh, on one of his shows, he was literally saying, oh, hopefully the sex tape doesn't come out. That was before he liked his own video that he had unlisted, and all of his liked videos are right there. So, I mean, it was totally, it's totally manufactured. I mean, so why are these people doing this? What is the point if we're trying to spread the truth about the, you know, the flatters, why are they doing this? That's my That's why I said it was suspicious earlier, because... Like you mentioned, and we haven't talked about that yet, that incident with Mark Sargent, which was odd, and it was that's it. It wasn't graphic. It wasn't horrific. It was just 
him hanging out with two girls. For some reason, they videotaped it, and he's got his shirt off. The implications are all there, but nothing was shown. And then the whole after, you know, like releasing it the way they did, that looked manufactured. This, to be honest with you, looks manufactured. A lot of this stuff looks manufactured. And, you know, I know you've said it before, Tim, uh, maybe not specifically about this, but you think that there are public, like, uh, what's the best word? Like uh, advertising or marketing company. Public relations. Yeah, public relations. Like there's a company, a marketing company that's involved with this concerning certain people. Now you've put Mark Sargent in that category, which I kind of would agree with some of his antics. And then of course, going behind a paywall, getting the book deal, trying to do a TV show. And then you have Patricia saying that there's possibly a, a reality TV show. Well, this looks like the reality TV show. This looks like it's been manufactured in some way. And I have no proof or evidence of that. Just I'm just saying be, from sorry, my, fix my perspective. You're, just, um, you're, you're breaking up on us a little bit there, mate. Um, oh, I don't sorry, know, Tim, Timmy. You in your end as well. Sorry, we're just having some tech difficulties there, I what think. Was that, John? I think you're actually breaking up, John. Is, <laughs> it, my, is it my connection, is it? A yeah, bit. I believe so. Okay, look, we'll see if we can uh, persevere with it. I did a lot of post-production on our uh, impromptu chat, which I released a few days ago. I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to that yet, but I had to go through and do a fair bit of um, post-production editing just to get the audio up to scratch. So, um, yeah, I do apologize for those technical difficulties. Uh, Just quickly, though, with this, you know, public relations thing, all the rest of it, you guys know that YouTube at the moment, a lot of young people have their favorite YouTube e-celebrities who they tune in for every day, right? And it might only be a five or a 10 minute video, yeah. but YouTube celebrities, especially with the younger generation who've grown up with YouTube, it's huge. Uh, produced. Some of them try to look like they're amateur, but you can tell they've been produced well. And it'll say that they've got a million subscribers. But if you go back through their video catalog, all of their videos have thousands and thousands and thousands of views, which of course, anyone who started their own YouTube channel knows is ridiculous. It doesn't work that way. You don't start getting thousands and thousands of views right from the first video unless there's some networking going on or some other funny bug of business. So it's definitely the case that there are people on YouTube, there are, whether it's a company or smaller businesses or what they are, people who are using YouTube as like a new TV, but they get to decide which talent is going to be big. They promote it, they cross promote it, all the rest of it. This definitely happens. The question is, is it happening with Flat Earth as well? And Cathexas, it sounds like you're saying that you think that is what's going on. Um, it's, it's suspect to me. I mean, I, as I've observed this, this entire time, I, I see these little incidences pop up and they just don't seem organic. It, it just doesn't. And it's, you know, I have no, like I said, I've got no proof of this. It's just my, my perception. Um, what that means, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like it could have been used to push the subject during this time like i've i've heard the argument of this all being a psyop and i don't agree with that because there is a lot of truth to be found on this path but the timing of it and the way that it's pushed i can i can see the argument i can see that uh if this was manufactured at this time and pushed the way that it has been it could be perceived as a distraction because a lot of good truthers or whatever word you want to use, people who are, are alternative researchers, they dug in and you'll see that it, 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 it became this false dichotomy. Like you like to point out, it was either flat or round and it grabbed everybody's attention 
who was serious about researching from from my vantage point. So I don't know. When you look at how these things play out, it could just be some odd characters doing weird things on the internet. But, you know, how do you know? It's so hard to know. And like looking at this as a, an observer, if I knew for 100% certain fact that Antonio Sibirats was a genuine guy who was just a little bit messed up by the flat earth scene and possibly by, uh, you know, his own real life as well at the same time, I would feel for the guy. You know, I've spoken with him off the air. I actually enjoy chatting with him. You know, off the air, he's, um, he's actually enjoyable to chat to, I've found. Both him and Nathan Oakley, right? Yeah. But I'm watching this as a viewer. I'm watching this. This is reality TV right now. And as I said at the start of this show, the, if you look at the studies, the studies say that it's close to three hours per day the average person watches regular television, right? Mm. This flat earth reality TV show has has taken over. Those, some of us just don't watch TV anymore, right? Yeah. I haven't I'm sure watched many it. people listening to this right now. Yeah, 15 years I haven't watched TV. And a lot of, you hear this a yeah. lot within this community. Like they gave up their TV yeah. and this is why they're open to these ideas, it seems. And, and they've got time to fill because if you go to work and you work eight hours at a job you don't like and you commute all the way there, you commute all the way back, you come home, especially if you're also physically active, you play sport or whatever. At the end of the day, you do just want to sit down and chill out for an hour or two, don't you? Sure. But you can't go back to watching TV because it is insulting your intelligence with every program and every advertisement. You're like, I can't watch this. So what do you do instead? Well, for a lot of people, they've found themselves watching this flat earth reality TV show on YouTube, right? So it's just become part of their daily or their weekly ritual is to watch this stuff. And so to me, I, I want to believe some of these people are real, but I kind of also want to believe they're not real because... You know, you take someone like a Martin Liebke or whatever, if it's really the case that he had a wife of 27 years who's walked out on him because he's smoking 20 spliffs a day and really getting involved in this flat earth movement that they think is going to bring down NASA, if that's a real man with a real story, that's borderline tragic, Cathexis. Yeah, I I don't know the, the situation very well and I don't know Martin very well, so I usually don't comment on that, but I mean, I see your point. Like if that be true, I can see the tragedy in it. And, and you, you do hear this. I mean, Tim likes to bring up, there was this lovely girl named Tiffany who sold her house, bought an RV, painted flat earth on the side and went across country to, you know, preach the truth. Now it's been painted by Globers or people who believe in the globe and, and, and Tim as she did this because of flat earth. There was so much other circumstance that was involved, though. She had already sold her house. She was waiting on closing. She was already planning to go to Portland before this information. You know what I mean? So she just kind of tacked it on. And the same could have been with Martin. You know, I mean, 27 years is a long time to be with somebody. I'm sure that they had plenty of other problems outside of Flat Earth. So, I mean, this I can see it on the apologist multiple. side of Cathexas. <laughs> you know, you mean his malice someone who and thinks intent. Yeah, well, no, I mean, at least you understand that a lot of these things that these top flat earthers have done over the past couple of years are shady. I mean, that, that was kind of the point of a lot of what I did at the beginning, because it just it doesn't seem like a natural movement. It doesn't seem natural yeah. at all. These these people seem to be narcissists that want a following and create all this uh, just weird drama. So, but we are you know, on YouTube, so. I mean, isn't that what YouTube is technically? People who want attention, who bring bring out ideas, and they they once you start feeling that, that no, 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 I'm not saying that might be their net, you know their initial intent, but once you start feeling three, four hundred subs, maybe a thousand subs, enjoying the praise, 
I can see it feeding into somebody's ego where they become narcissistic. But I mean, this is just the nature of this platform, in my opinion. That's really what I'm kind of pointing out. I'm just presenting that other side of it. Yes, it does look orchestrated in some way. I do agree with you on that. But I'm, I'm, I'm the apologist, so I'm thinking of it from the other side of it too. You know, it could be just some strange organic weirdness when it comes to these people. But the problem in my, my mind is that there's a consistency of these weird events with a handful of specific people. You know, it's it, anybody associated with Mark Sargent, Patricia Steer, um, has had a lot of weird things happen uh, in the past year. And, you know, even there was another gentleman named Adam who was quite lovely. He was a good Christian man who got involved with them. And they had him around as the token Christian while Antonio was just going crazy, going trying to get rid of religion. Like he did this three-part series on destroying religion, essentially, showing how it's evil, how it's a control mechanism. And I kind of commend him because I see where he's coming from. But what he did was bring Adam on, get him involved with all of them. Patricia was there. And then out of nowhere, Adam just disappears. He hands a, a goodbye video to his good friend, Chris Rock. Uh, and they, that was it. He was just saying goodbye. He didn't say why. But apparently it's pretty complex, more drama amongst these people. Something like he was in love with her and she was with Antonia at the time. So you, it just is so strange to see these things occur with this particular set of individuals. You don't see this happening on many other corners of you. Well, let's just go through the list then, Cafexis, right? So Sergeant bursts on the scene in February of 2015 with Flat Earth Clues. He releases, what is it, seven videos in eight days. He says that they came to him one night in a dream or something like this, right? So he releases seven in eight days or eight in nine days, something like this. He then starts doing regular interviews with anybody who'll interview him. Some just YouTube uh, people, some people with a slightly higher platform than that. His answers to just about everything he's asked are the exact same on every single one of these interviews, yep. almost like he's yep. reading from a script, sometimes verbatim, right? Yes, and then this flatter thing, as you say, takes over the YouTube conspiracy realm or the alternative, uh, I, I use the term research very loosely here, the alternative research <laughs> realm, because there aren't many people actually doing any research, as I've discovered over the last two years. Almost no one actually. It, not only are people not doing research here, they get upset when you provide them with primary source evidence research that goes against their beliefs. Like these people are almost antithetical to research, but let's use that term loosely. So it takes over the alternative research realm. Baller Skeptic Roundtable starts in June of 2015, runs for 12 weeks, very successful. Around about the same time that we started, uh, Jaron starts his weekly show, which becomes known as Globebusters. Of course, early on in the piece, he had with him a guy named Smoke Screen Design or something like this, Smoke In Screen Design or something. A lot of people seem to have forgotten that that guy, once he parted ways with Jaron, he came out not with an emotion-laden video, not with um, like a, a post-breakup meltdown that we saw just saw with Antonio. He came out and he said, here are some things that Jaron has said live on the air that are not true. And he spelled it out bit by bit by bit, right? But he sort of drifted away. Globusters went on. Hey, what do you know? They've got this guy called Bob who's joining them on the show because he sent Jaron a laser. Remember that first failed laser yep. test that Jaron did? Well, Bob was the one who sent in the laser. They hit it off. Next thing, Bob's on the show. Next thing, it's Bob's show. Okay, whatever. So Globusters are going along. They're doing okay. Then Patricia Steer starts her Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes. At first, she has on that guy Stars Are Souls. But very quickly, Mark Sargent becomes the main person involved with Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes. They even have this thing called the Secret Show, right? Her and Mark. So mm -hmm. they're like a team. 
he's promoting her and she's promoting him. Everything's going well. Next thing, somebody new bursts onto the scene. Her name is Orphan Red. And in the space of a couple of days, she does a big interview with Mark Sargent and she does a big interview with Patricia Steer. Now she's building up her audience. Fast forward through to the mixer. Oh, what do you know? The love triangle has gone bust because now Sergeant and Orphan Red have released this sex tape, which as you've already explained, doesn't actually involve any sex. But now Patricia Steer has to go different ways from Mark Sargent. Then she gets involved with Antonio Subarats, who all the while has been building his relationship with Nathan Oakley, right? Now you've got this big, happy group of potato heads, the potato crew, right? Everything's going well. She's going over to England to get married to uh, Antonio. When she gets there, what do you know? Daytime, nighttime, another scandal has come out of nowhere. On the day, practically, (laughs) that she got there. The, The remixes were great, though. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun for those of us uh, playing along or paying attention to it. It was great. So then a couple, what, a month after she gets there, she decides she's done with Antonio. She comes back to Great Britain, and then today we've got the latest drama, which is a complete meltdown by one of the parties concerned. And, of course, as you guys would have already worked out, the listeners will have worked out, it doesn't end here because now we get to have a response. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now there's got to be a response from the potato crew. They can't say nothing about this. Everyone in their live chat. So this this latest outburst could could be the start of a, a two, three, four week. Uh, next, this is the next chapter in the story, Cathexis. It it seems as such. I, I mean, of course, this is just us trying to construct it. You know, looking back, and we can make you know we can fit it in and make the assumptions. You could probably make the same about us. Us three pivoting off of this drama, using this drama in order. You know what I mean? Like, it can be extrapolated that way. But there is something slightly suspicious about those involved with Mark. And that's just me personally. He does seem, like we mentioned uh, earlier, he he does seem to have um, a producer. And he's actually mentioned his producer before. Uh, Somebody that gets him gigs, somebody who's getting his book sold, who's getting him behind the paywall. You know, so there's a monetary effort being done uh, behind this now when, when drama like this occurs even a flat earther somebody who's uh, completely believes in the heliocentric theory like red's rhetoric and their little earth debate crew they eat this up they absolutely love it so here's a whole other set of people who are just aware of the situation who are now feeding views into this and i guarantee a lot more people who don't care about flat earth are also looking at this as some odd social drama so, I, so also I another see... interesting another interesting thing about Sasha that no one really caught uh, was Mark Sargent accidentally said that uh, remember that that terrible video that they had where they were throwing all these weird signs and together at his mom's guest house. Oh, God, yeah. that video. Yeah, yeah he ex- Yeah, it was terrible. He accidentally <laughs> said um, that uh, they were filming us. So on Patricia's show one time. And which which leads one to believe who the hell is literally filming these people make this this odd video about a flat earth thing and, and multiple people. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that video with him and Sasha sitting down with, you know, I hate to go all Russian vids on it, but those hand signs were quite present. They <laughs> there's no question about it. Like the, the whole scene was set up a specific way in order for this type of reaction someone to make videos showing the hand symbols and going all Russian vids on it. So <clears throat> it's, it is very suspect with him involved. And I know Tim in the beginning 
from the beginning, you've been saying that this does not seem organic concerning him. Um, and the and the top three, essentially. I mean, Dubé does good work, but he came out the same time as Mark, and so did um, Matt Farland. Matt Farland, of course, beforehand. Now, these are three guys who are suspicious in their own regard. I mean, we don't have to go down that path, but they all came out about the round, around the same time, pushing the same idea, just with different facets, kind of like that breakfast club atmosphere, you know, where you're going to get your jocks, you're going to get your, you know, and just down the line, the nerds or whatever. <laughs> and that seems to be what has happened. And I think, though, at where we're at right now is those who are watching who consider themselves flat earthers, they are not looking for evidence anymore. They are convinced that this is the truth. And, and God bless them for it. I mean, that's if that's the way they, they are, then let it be. So I think that what we have right now is more of a show, like you've kind of pointed out, JLB, in the past six months. You have a lot of people who are just true believers who are, feel that they're part of a community. And they don't, they're not necessarily looking for proofs anymore. So this is why the shows may have gone this direction. Yeah, well, they've, they've introduced a few different strands, right? So earlier this year, the Globebusters went down this new age uh, route where they were talking about a whole bunch of pseudoscience that you'll find in the, the new age scene. You know, things like ergon energy and telekinesis. I'll give you an example. The same with always... Antonio. Antonio went a little new age too. Uh, with this religious aspects. Sorry, go on. Yeah, well, I'll give you an example. Say you would have heard the, if you listen to the load busters enough, you would have heard them at least. They were on an island, right? And the monkeys on one island learned how to wash potatoes or crack open coconuts. The story can change. But whatever it is that the monkeys learned to do, these monkeys on another island learned to do the same thing. Can you believe that, right? This is I think the it's called harmonic uh, resonance. Uh, There's a theory that I've heard before that's considered pseudoscience. But yes, I, I know what you're talking about. That's exactly the kind of label that you would give it because it sounds so intellectual. Harmonic resonance, right? But you can call it whatever you want. That story is a myth. It's a very easily debunked myth. It's not based on any actual science. There was never any. <laughs> there was never anything close to a scientific study that was done on this topic. Nothing, right? Like it's not even an embellished story. It's a completely fabricated story, but it's the kind of thing that flat the, the new age scene or certain new age people, they love it. They lap it up like children eating ice cream. They can't get enough of it. And that's the kind of stuff that the low buses were pushing that and lots of other things as well, right? They went down that path. They've also gone the down pyramids this... today. Same thing with the, the pyramids. I mean, it, you know, you can, you can everything from your cigarettes, you can put in a pyramid and it'll make them better to uh you know your bed all kinds of stuff so i mean this is yeah, i was about to go build one exactly tomorrow talking about <laughs> yeah and then no, also it, it, yeah yeah so, Sorry, so they've about. got they've got to fill the, the time with something right because they've run out of all their flat earth proofs and in fact bit by bit all of their flat earth proofs have disintegrated right you consider what the average flat earth believer thought was a proof even 12 months ago a lot of those things they don't even accept as proofs anymore. A good example is the flights. Once upon a time, there were no flights between the southern continents, right? I had flat earthers coming onto my videos, constantly posting, show us your proof, JLB. Show us your proof that you flew from Johannesburg to Perth. Because I said openly on the air, on episode one of Paulist Skeptic, I flew that route. I flew from, Perth, uh, from Johannesburg to Perth in 2010. So that flight, I'm pretty confident, does exist. Now all we need to do is find evidence that one exists from Australia to South America and the whole Southern Flats argument is gone. And at the time, I had people accusing me of making up my flight 
from uh, Johannesburg to Perth. Well, you don't really hear many flat earthers talk about the Southern flights anymore because it's been a thoroughly debunked so-called proof. And this has happened to proof after proof after proof. A lot of the things when this whole flat earth thing first burst onto the scene, there were a lot of questions that the average person does not have an answer to. The average person has not flown from Australia to South America, so they need to double-check the flights exist before they can uh, build an opinion on that, right? There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of things like that where a lot of people were like, you know what, I don't know for sure, I'll double-check, right? And so it, it gave this opening to say, well, the reason why we don't know is because of flat earth, whatever. But what's happened is over time, bit by bit, thanks to many people releasing videos, doing their own experiments, a lot of these flat earth proofs have been thoroughly destroyed. And so what are these flat earth proponents going to talk about instead? Well, they've had to replace it with things. So they've tried to replace it to an extent with a lot of the new age pseudoscience. They've replaced it either intentionally or unintentionally with drama and with the personalities, even a flat earth marriage and then a flat earth breakup. They've had to replace it because what they built, the foundation they built the whole thing on in the first place has disintegrated uh, slowly but surely but they've still got the audience and they still need to fill the airwaves, which is why we've got like today a three hour show about pyramids for Christ's sakes. And it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse, isn't it? Well, I think that there are still some valid questions to be asked about all this. And, but you are right. A lot of the stuff has been kind of systematically gone through and, and debunked by a lot of the, uh, the more diligent globers, uh, so to speak. So I, I see where you're coming from. It doesn't take away the fact that this, this, whatever we're on may be different than what they're telling us. I don't think it's, it's spinning ball in space. Um, but I think that people need to focus on the major issues of why they think that. You know, on my channel, for the, pa- the past two shows that I did was me and two other friends who lean more towards Flat Earth. Uh, would bring on uh, somebody who was well-versed with with the globe, who believed in the globe. We'd bring them on, and we were just asking about boats over the horizon, atmospheric conditions, refraction, how this works, how that works, why we can see this, why we can't see that, etc. I think that if more people focused on those issues, people in this community, if they believe the Earth is flat, that is where they need to continuously hammer, because there are questions to be asked. Personally, I didn't see the the Southern flights as proof, even if it were true. It might lead me toward a conclusion, but not all of that's kind of it can be straw manned really easily because there is no model. We all know this. There is no flat Earth model. There there are just questions at this point in in my mind. Um, but we don't see that. We see a community. Um, it's a social thing that has occurred and. You know, everybody wants to be a part of something. And I think that that's really what, what it's become uh, in a large way. I, think I don't know exactly how many what it is, Texas. Everybody wants to be part of something. This is a natural human desire to have people that we can speak to and people that we can have a fun with and have a laugh with, right? It's a natural human desire. And as we said in impromptu chat last week, which again, people can go and download that for free from my website. I recommend that they do because you, myself, Tim and Adam Moyer, the four of us, we speak about many issues related to all of this at the time. We couldn't have forecast that today would have been as dramatic as it was, but we were talking about this, the social side of things and how people get emotionally invested in it. That's what we were seeing today. I mean, take a look at Martin today. Look how upset and distraught he was that Antonio, who he considers a friend of his, would go live on the air and badmouth another friend of his. This, in, In Martin's mind, this is all very real to him. In his mind, he is watching a person who he likes, his friend, 
badmouth another person who he likes and his friend. And not only that, two of the leading uh, people in this movement, because to people like Martin, this is a movement. This is hurting. He's not only got to worry about his friends and the, and the trauma that he's going through seeing all of this fallout. He's also concerned, no, but this is a movement. We're going to take down NASA, right? Well, you're not going to take down NASA when you're at, let's just pretend that these people could ever take down NASA, right? It's not going to be very easy when your leaders are infighting and talking about their sexual proclivities on live hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, 10 minutes before uh, he actually got on the, the troll cast, he, uh, he said in chat, uh, that it was too bad he should have kept her around for a couple more weeks to fuck her more. He literally, he literally said that in chat right before you came on crying. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And you, you did call him out on that. I mean, yeah, there, there's certain levels of involvement that people feel that they're, they're in. And this, it goes back to that whole, what are, what are internet friendships? You know, they, I, I've over the past eight months with me being involved with a lot of live hangouts and such, you know, I've made I, you get the there's an illusion that you've made friends with some people. Now, if you take it off of, uh, you know, the live function and you, you call them privately, you end up knowing the real name getting, you know, there there is great ability to meet very interesting people and have good friendships with. But for the most part, the superficiality of these personas becoming friends with your persona, they can just be cast aside at any time. And we've seen that really in the mix, you know, like I go back to what happened with Adam. We have, no, I have no idea what happened to him. Truly. It was very odd. This kid was, you know, preaching about how great Antonio was, even though he disagreed. And all of a sudden he just was out and it was some, Patricia said it was some weird, like love triangle shit more playing into that drama. But I think the internet friend thing, it, people feel that it's real and, that's what they want. They just want to be a part of something. And this and that's is one something, of the things, I mean, Cathexis, that's one of the things that I find most fascinating about this is that we've got this technology now. And especially if you've grown up watching television, your mind is very good at suspending disbelief and getting into a story. So suppose you're sitting on your couch and you're watching, uh, I don't know, the fast and the furious, right? You know that you're not really in a car with these guys speeding down the highway or whatever they do in that show but you're able to believe it for a couple of hours because of this suspension of disbelief. Well, what's happened now is a lot of people, they're watching this social scene and it's the same thing. This, this suspension of disbelief seems to have become part of their psyche now where, where we're watching people with technology engage with the other side of the screen, the pixels on their screen, as though they're dealing with actual people in their lounge room. And in their minds, it's real. This is almost like um, if you're interested in in humans, what it is to be a human and what technology does to or with humans. Even just from that perspective, this is fascinating. People are in their rooms all alone and yet in their mind, they feel like they're with five or six other people in a Google Hangout talking about the most profound things. That's the kind of stuff I find fascinating and we're getting to watch that live in real time. And I'm not sure how many people in the audience quite get what I'm, where I'm going with this because maybe they haven't really stopped and thought about it. But you think about it. These are human beings and many of them seem to be real people. Some of them might not be as we've touched on, but some of them seem to be real people, genuine people who are leading their lives as though the screen in front of them is a real person. There's five real people with them in their room when really they're all alone in a room and they're probably never going to meet any of these people in real life. I mean, that to me, Kefexis, can you see where I'm going with this? To me, even just that aspect of all of this is 
fascinating and fascinating barely barely this it's that's an understatement well i've experienced firsthand the past uh, i mean my only reason I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you is because i was involved with the 24-hour hangouts that started up with free chan with flatter debates flatter discussions and whatnot um so i i've had exactly what you're talking about you you're sitting there with perfect strangers in a room maybe getting 30 40 watchers and you're talking about the most profound things that you you normally are not able to speak about with other people so there's an affinity that you have with these people because they understand at least the level that you're you you're at you're able to communicate with them in ways that you're not able to outside of the, these internet forums so i can see more you know, like positive attention being put to that. And I, I value that. I do. But at the end of the day, I've realized from a lot of people's actions that it's easily discardable. I've seen it happen where people just completely dismiss uh, these, you know, what, what at once somebody thought were profound, you know, moments. I mean, like I said earlier, I've made some very good friends over this process the past eight months. And I've also made some very good enemies too. <laughs> it's amazing the type of folks that you meet going through this, but there is a community, there is a culture, um, it does exist. So I think a lot of it is, is it plays into exactly what you're talking about. People well, in the live chat, Muzz Buzz says that JLB has just discovered phones and he's making this false equivalence between the phones that we use to contact family or friends or business or whatever it is that we're using the phone for and Google Hangouts. I think Google Hangouts are a, a very different beast. Yes, it's telecommunication. It's long distance digital communication. So they're similar in that sense. But there's something very different about these Google Hangouts. Firstly, most people don't use their phones to look at people, right? They're usually talking audio only. Even though we've had uh, video phones now for what, more than a decade, at least in my country, very few people actually use that function. They still use phones audio only, whereas these Google Hangouts are largely an audio visual uh, environment. Secondly, the phone call that I have with somebody is usually just me and that person, whereas these Google Hangouts are usually broadcast to the world live. So there's that element of it as well. And thirdly, the phones, most people today are still using the phones for a particular purpose. They're contacting this person to organize this, to buy that to just to catch up with someone they've known since childhood, a real relationship that they're using the phone to facilitate communication with. Whereas the Google Hangouts, many people are meeting each other through the Google Hangouts. There's no real world relationship. The Google Hangout is the relationship. For many of these people, that's their only relationship. They never actually meet these people in real life in many cases. So the phone to Google Hangout um, equivalence is clearly a false equivalence. And if, if that doesn't make sense to you, Muzzbuzz, you're one of these people I'm talking about who you probably not understanding what I'm saying, maybe because you're not capable of understanding. And the sad reality is that many people in this scene are not actually all that capable of understanding anything. They're, they're too far gone. We'll talk more about that in a moment, but we've been joined by two new members of the panel who've apparently gotten the invitation from Tim. So we'll let them say hello one by one. Firstly, Ed, upside down head. Uh, we're coming through loud and clear. Yes, sir. How y'all doing, uh, folks? I've spoke to pretty much everybody on this panel before, but hey, how's everybody doing? I'm fantastic, mate. I'll give you a chance to give an introduction in a moment, but first we'll just do a sound check with the other panel member. Someone Absolutely. I don't think I've spoken with before. Is it Isa? Hey, how you doing, sir? It's an honor to I'm, be on your show, brother. How are you, sir? I'm oh, very well, thanks, mate. Well, what we'll do is, for the benefit, because I like to upload these as MP3s for my archive listeners who might listen to this in a year or five years or who knows when. So what we'll do is we'll give Ed and then Isa a chance just to introduce themselves and give a brief overview of how they came to be involved in this FE scene and their general thoughts about what's happened so far today. We'll start with you there, Ed. All right. Well, uh, 
those of you that don't know me aren't that aren't the old heads. I've been around for a while. Um, essentially started out, you know, um, just, you know, observing it, checking out what's going on. I've never been a NASA fanboy. And uh, so, you know, the flat earth thing was interesting to say the least. So I got on the Global Earth Skeptics. Um, every time that came around, I, I listened, I paid attention. You know, I, I eventually formed my own argument. I decided, you know what, the flat earth thing, that's not my thing. That doesn't make sense to me. I've come up with my own uh, evidences to suggest otherwise. And uh, I'm still waiting for people to debunk me. <laughs> so um, I still linger around the flat earth scene. I like the, uh, uh, it's, it's essentially entertainment for me. It's turned into pure drama. And um, a good laugh, to say the least. Uh, I've come across uh, I've come across Cathexas. I've come across ISA on the Free Chan channel on a few of those hangouts, random Tuesday nights at three o'clock in the morning, talking about all kinds of stuff. Which what Cathexas was talking about about the profound things that you talk about in the chat rooms, and exactly what you were talking about, Jono. Uh, I think the difference between the hangouts and regular telephone is the there's a difference of interaction. There's a different, there's a heightened level of interaction. Uh, more often than not, people on the Hangouts are gonna be on their computers or on their PCs. They can look people up, they can see the profiles, they can immediately see a picture of them, they can develop likenesses, say, hey, this guy likes so-and-so band, he's wearing the T-shirt, I like that band, this guy's my buddy, he's my friend in, in actuality. You know, they're not. <laughs> you can come across a lot of people that you like, that you think you like, that you don't know, and really, um, what I think Muzz Buzz doesn't understand is that only time will tell and time essentially forms whatever bonds you have with people online or not online for that matter. And people need to realize that. Isa, you're up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, what up, brother? Hey, um, yeah, man, I just, uh, I don't know, again, I just want to say, like, you know, I'm honored to be on the show. I was talking in chat. I know Timmy from being on the debate, you know, uh, free chan and stuff like that. And I know that this can be a contentious little world and we're dealing with like our own little social dynamic of coming together, you know, kind of like uh, in an unorthodox fashion. And uh, I appreciate every single viewpoint that's out here. For me, it was, I remember exactly where I was when I realized, well, wait a minute, if I can't detect the curvature that is supposed to be the accepted math, for the globe model it was a real big like way you know eye opener for me and it isolated me for a little bit i had the good fortune of actually uh what you know i used to watch mechanics in the fourth wall and i got involved with, like with the tracking of the sun i briefly had a good talk with antonio my kind of area of interest has always been law <clears throat> so when i started talking with them privately or not even privately just about the subject matter it was like hey you should go on meet some other people. I met political hillbilly, shout out hillbilly. And then, uh, what do you call it? I made my way over to free chant <clears throat> where like I met just such a beautiful group of people, like some of the most free thinking minds that I've found, like even like, like even like ideologically or just like certain ways things are done from what I've seen, there's clear differences between me and you JLB. But at the same time, you're in this family. And like, you know, and I feel like all of us really need to watch out for one another. Tim's saying there's no friends, but that's like, you know, uh, it's like that could be said when you walk out into the world and go get a cup of coffee. It's like, you know, like if I go to the couple, could you get a cup of coffee with a smile on my face and I'm ready to go, you know, make friends. 
I might have a better interact, interaction, get a free cup of coffee. I don't, anything can happen. But if I walk around with a chagrin attitude and say, nobody's my friend, guaranteed I'm not going to get a free cup of coffee with that attitude. And I think we really need to just address the way that we're coming together. And, you know, it's hard for me to see like, you know, like uh, someone who I like, like I like Antonio, I like Patricia. I don't know anything in between them. And I happen to be in a rare circumstance where I actually came into the scene, met a girl, actually flew her out. She hung out for a month and then she, she went on her way. You know, this is all through uh, the flat earth community. So I just think like, uh, I would hope we could all come, you know, be peaceful, realize that there's a social dynamic. And like JLB said, pick our points to go after this big, we, we've got a huge elephant in the room and we're attacking each other. So that's my only point that I'd say, you know, I, I, I'm rooting for all of us. Pardon me, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So and uh, we've probably got, I don't know, less than an hour left with this show. So there's a few topics I'd love to get people's thoughts on. But while we've got your eyes, so since I'm not actually familiar with you from before this show, can you just give me and the listeners a basic idea uh, what your beliefs are about the, I guess, the shape of the earth, just so we, we're all on the same page. Are you yeah. coming at this as an actual flat earth believer? And just make sure you speak nice and loudly into your microphone. So yeah, forgive me any connection issues. Um, yeah, I look at it like, you know, uh, certain people hold back on taking the title of being a flat earther. And I look at it like, you know, I'm your flat earther then what? Like, you know, yeah, I think the earth is flat. I can't detect any curvature. It seems like if there's extraterrestrials, they're farther out on the plane and not down in some deep, you know, uh, cavernous area where dark matter is figuring out where it comes from. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, uh, we need to understand, I think that there is just a big general misconception. I saw it in law and I see it now in, uh, you know, uh, the shape of the earth. I don't detect, if they're going to say that, and if anyone's going to believe that three fourths of the earth is water, you've got to show curvature. Otherwise you've got to recognize that it must be flat. And now we could disagree on that and that's fine. And I like your point of, Hey man, we're all not, we can all agree. At least we're not spinning. And I'm, I like that. I'm down with putting what we have on the table that's together that can make something positive work. And we're not spinning. I mean, that's why I don't know if you're familiar with Snacks Coriolis Insurance. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, you know, whenever needed, I turn, you know, it's like if I can't convince someone on, you know, Normie, as you call them, I love you for that, by the way. Uh, yeah. what do you call it? If I can't convince that guy, then I'm going to try to sell him something like Coriolis Insurance. <laughs> or, or like or land on the moon or fucking parsecs from what world you know what i mean like it's like uh i just think like we need to get a little creative i personally i'm a flat you know if you got a problem with flat earthers well i'm a flat earther well just to interrupt you there i so just quickly you keep referring to we who is this we that you're referring to who who are these people i've got a frog in my pocket his name's a <laughs> no ah uh, we call it uh like uh it's I say we in the sense that uh, these people that are have not accepted the uh, the standard shape of the earth and also have not accepted, let's say, 9-11. If you've not accepted uh, that uh, cannabis is bad for you, if you've not accepted all of these misconceptions and you've fought against it your entire life, then I'm with you. 
And I think so you're speaking about like a broader truth movement, I suppose. Now, myself, Tim, Adam, and Cathexis, we did an impromptu chat about a week ago, which I've uploaded to my channel in MP3 format, so people can check that out. We discussed this idea of lots of people want to believe that they're part of some kind of movement or some kind of collective, but if you just look at the evidence, there doesn't really seem to be any evidence that there is yeah, any collective whatsoever. What makes you think that just because you don't believe in heliocentrism and I don't believe in heliocentrism, what makes you think that that means that we're on the same team or that we're uh, on the same side? Well, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I'm saying like, you know, I know that anyone who thinks that way, I would say collectively, like, you know, like for instance, like I write music. And so the music that I write is my audience is, is for anyone who's thinking outside of that box that we've been given. And so it's like, you know, when I say we, I mean me in the sense of anyone that comments or likes my music that, that you know, that appreciates Flat Earth. I mean, when I say we, I mean my cousins. You know what I mean? I, I mean my family that, you know, that's sick of heroin, that's sick of alcoholism, that's sick of freaking people being hungry. And I freaking, I met Lady Ganja on, online and I flew her up from Argentina. She came to my house. I met her. We had a great conversation. We had a great time together and she's part of my family. She's part of my we. When I say we, I think of cathexis. When I say we, I think of you, bro. We're not spinning. So, you know, granted, I might not like my coffee the way you like it. You know what I'm saying? So that's not we, because we don't drink our coffee the same. You know what I mean? But it's we. And the thing is that I'm sick of this. I think that, honestly, this idea that there's no friends in flat earth is coming from your inability to let go of the ball, dude. You're still clung on a ball. So you have, you have like six steps of maturity, in my opinion, to take. Just so we can be clear though, I see you're, you're coming onto this panel and trying to tell me that because I don't believe in your we, I'm the one who has more steps of maturity that I need to take, just so we're all Are clear. Are you not trying to divide it? Are you saying there's no we? And wouldn't that be a divisive tactic on your behalf, sir? Well, I'm not involved in any we at all. Definitely not. No, not with you. We're not with any of these flat earthers, that's for sure. So you're divisive then? Well, who am I dividing? Well, you're not with anyone, right? I'm not with anybody. Right. So you stand alone and that's your, that's your principle. Is that correct? Well, I was born so alone. I'll die alone, my friend. I'm on a personal journey. Yeah. Right. So what would you know about uniting people if you're so convinced that you're alone and you're a fucking self-centered person? What the, what the fuck would you know about that? Well, let me tell you something I know about uniting people. You've got this so-called flat earth movement. Nah, and just a few hours ago, we saw some of the... I said my panels only work if we all let each other speak. So just calm down for a second. I saw a bunch of people who have convinced hundreds of other people around the world that they're all part of this movement. And just a few hours ago, I saw one of the leaders publicly telling the world some things that should have been kept private between him and another leading Flat Earth proponent. And not only that, they had other Flat Earth people on the panel with them. And not only that, there was more than 100 people watching live in the live chat getting off on all of that. Now, if you want to be part of that we, I say go for it, Isa. Good luck with that, my friend. But why would I, as the same person, want anything to do with that collective and consider myself part of them? Why? Why would I do that? Well, as someone who's such an individualist, what the fuck would you know about social dynamics between couples and relationships between friends since you're clearly so alone, except for you and Timmy over there who have found each other in some isolated island somewhere? But like, do you see how you're getting emotional right now? Do you think it's possible that you've been triggered here, Isa? Like, you sound like you're triggered a little bit. Yeah, because I'm facing a world of problems. I got freaking family members dealing with shit. I got all kinds of crazy stuff. And then I come to my over little, 
my, my, like what, what maybe I alone consider my flat earth family. And I see a little, a bunch of disruption and I like Martin and you know what I mean? I am a sensitive person. And I think, you know, I'm, a, I'm like, Oh shoot. It's a, it's a sad day when two people are having an issue and airing it out like this, but it happens. It happens in any community. It's like, you know, it's like trying to look at regular, regular people do that shit. It's just, it's part of what happens, man. People have relationships, people handle it differently. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I'm saying. But I mean, my point is that if you're such a staunch individualist, what, what would you know about uniting people? Like, how could you be of any service to people that want to help one another? If you're such a staunch individualist, or if you're someone who's going to make a fake sock account and pretend to be somebody else who porn bomb fucking other people's videos, who are you to speak on any subject with any integrity? Seriously, who are you? Well, firstly, you've come on to my panel. You know who I am. I'm John LeBon. And I'm asking you, what makes you think that you and me are on the same team? And I think you've just given us a good answer. I don't think you meant to, but I think you've just given us a good answer. We're not on the same team. Why would I want to be on the same team or side or movement as someone like you who gets emotionally triggered when someone says, how are we on the same team? Well, no, no, you're right, dude. You're probably not on my team in a lot of ways. The point is that I can agree with that we think that we're not spinning. So I'm willing to put a, I'm willing to reserve my emotions and be like, Hey, we're not spinning. I'm down. It's like, I'm going to tell people like, it's like, I think normies is fucking hilarious. You know what I mean? And shit is John LeBond, your real name. What's your real name? Are you fucking hiding? Are you just a full off shill trying to make money and exploit people who don't know where to turn because of all the drama? Are you not trying to capitalize on the drama that's unfolding before you? I mean, cause that's what it seems like to me. Right. All right, so let me respond to that. Firstly, when you ask what my motivations are, can we just get something clear here? Uh, You're making personal attacks against me and you're doing that because your flat earth thing is threatened, right? That's what's going on here, yeah? Are you sure you're not actually digressing into a narcissistic tactic? No, like you are are being emotional right now. You probably don't realize it, but you are being emotional. And that emotion is because your flat earth thing has been threatened, right? That's what's happening here. Well, no, maybe I'm, I'm on a panel in front of people on live Google Hangout. Maybe that's got something to do with it, right? Maybe that's got something to do with the idea that my family, that I consider my family, which is clearly not your family, is having an issue and you're trying to fucking capitalize on it. You don't think I take a problem with my family? I know you might not know nothing about family or unity or friendship. Or so you think Antonio is your family, do you? Antonio and Patricia are your family, are they? Did I say that? Well, is that what you think? Are you capitalizing on the people that aren't your family? Are you not a fucking, like, you know, someone taking advantage of the weak in their emotional state? Are you not just a pimp? I mean, you got your boy Tim over there making fucking porn bombs on people. That's your boy? So, uh, who invited that guy, just out of interest? Yeah, I didn't. I invited Ed. I talked yeah, to him, but he just he just said that uh, he just asked me if I invited him, so I don't I don't really know. But truthfully, no, I have not given out the link in any way. I haven't given my up guess. One. My guess is that so he's going to uh, so having he's going doing, to go get his troll well, friends to come on here. With, so with just let you know. No, no, and I just would like to say I know Issa very well. He's very passionate about uh, what he believes in. I had a conversation with him a couple weeks ago uh, concerning my interaction with you, John. Uh, hes I actually mentioned him on the show last week. Uh, he's the one who feels uh, that you're being very antagonistic to what he considers a fragile 
uh, which which we could say it is, uh, you know, the whole flat earth notion, if, if people are, are coming together on this subject, it is rather fragile because, I mean, the term itself is enough to knock it off its back heel. But with you coming out being as antagonistic as you have over the past six months, he feels uh, that it's disrespectful or it's low hanging fruit. Um, this is the conversation I had with him prior. And I do want to say I have not given out the link in any way, shape or form. And so I, I don't mind that he joined me. I, let me let me say I don't I don't mind that he joined us just then because we just got a five or ten minute insight into what these flat Earth people are like. Did you see that? He comes on and he says it's an honor yeah. to be here. It's great to be here. And then when you say yeah, but what makes you think that you and me are on the same team? That's all it took, and he got triggered and started personally attacking me. Did you see how quickly that happened? Well, it doesn't well, take do, long. But- it doesn't take long for these people who want you to no. believe that they're on the same side as you and they're part of a movement, family, cousins, all this nonsense. It doesn't take much for that to crack and they start treating you like an enemy. Look, I can... I understand I can where you're it, coming from. I can equate it to this, right? And this, this is really how I look at um, how the Flat Earth movement turned into. When, uh, when you're a kid and you get into, uh, John, what would you call it? Secondary school, what we would call high school, um, you get in, you get introduced into new facets of life, right? So like you could be a normal kid playing, you know, video games at home, doing whatever. And then all of a sudden you find friendship with certain people. They turn out to be punks. And I mean, punks like, like punk rock music. You start dressing like a punk bang. All of a sudden you're a punk. Now we're family. Now we're at a show. We're all brothers and sisters until somebody gets arrested for drugs and they start pointing fingers. And then the whole family and, and, and punk Earth friendship collapses, and then all of a sudden, everybody's left alone. It's the same yeah, thing as flat it's, Earth. It's the same thing as flat Earth. It's identity politics, and it and it, it 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 turns into reality TV, considering that it's on the screen, and people get so enveloped and engrossed into what's going on that they're not understanding that this is really a conversation between multiple individuals about a topic, and that's it. It has nothing to do with real life, and that's my view on it. I, I agree with that actually, and and I, the only thing that I want to say about Issa's statements is he he seems to be speaking in like a colloquial we. Like I can appreciate where he's coming from. It may have sounded as if he's he's coming from a collective, and he may not have articulated it uh, a specific way. But the way I see it is, I do feel that there is commonality amongst people who question the mainstream just by that virtue alone. So. I'll even fall victim to saying we as well. I've been in situations where I referred to it. Now, I've called globalists out for saying we. I'm like, who's this we you're talking about? And it is a good point to tackle. But, and he did kind of illustrate a point. But at the same time, I understand that type of colloquial uh, uh, usage of the word. Does that make sense? That I don't know if he was sure, but as evidence about a real by his responses. Sure, but his subsequent yeah. remarks were indicative that it wasn't just a mere superficial use of the term we, because he used other terms as well, like family and cousin. And what would you know about unity? And I was like, what do you mean? I'm not the one trying to unite anybody. <laughs> like, what, what are you talking about? But in his mind, it's, it's unity. It's a movement. He is a classic example of these people who desperately want to believe that there are other people out there like them. They're all on the same side against somebody, whether it's NASA or the government or the Illuminati. Nadia, whoever it is, they desperately want to believe that there are others out there on the same team. And all you have to do is ask them, yeah, but what, why, 
what, what do you, what makes you believe that? You have to do. And because this is so important to them, this is so important to their existence that they think that there are others out there with them. All you have to do is question that one aspect, that one narrative, they get triggered and they'll start personally attacking you. Did you see how quick that happened? Like that didn't take very much, did it? This is such an important well, part of the Well, he might have came because... in with that intention, by the way. <laughs> he he might have came in to, to want to have that reaction, by the way. I mean, like I said, I've spoken with him before. He, he, he considers, he has respect for you, but at the same time, he considers you a bit antagonistic. So I think he might have wanted to make a point personally. But what, what, what kind of point do you think he's trying to make? Because all he's done is prove everything that I've been saying, <laughs> that these people are driven by emotion. They're driven by a psychological yearning to be belonging to something bigger than themselves, a movement, a flat earth movement or a 9-11 truth movement or a truth movement, whatever it is. They want to believe in something. And then when you say to them, there's no friends on flat earth or what makes you think that you guys are on the same side? Yeah. They get triggered and they start attacking the person. Now, what kind yeah. of person attacks the person? It's someone who's been emotionally triggered, who doesn't actually have a logical argument to offer. And that's why he started right. personally attacking me. He doesn't know me. He doesn't even really care about JLB. I'm simply the person who is upsetting the balance in his mind. And in his mind, he needs to believe that there are others out there like him. Because without that, he's all alone. And people can't handle that. I can handle that. I've, I've had to deal with that for a large part of my life. I realized at a young age, no, the only one who really, truly cares about you is you. The only one you can rely on is you. I'm comfortable with that. There are plenty of people out there who are comfortable with that. Most of those people don't get involved in this kind of scene and start emotionally investing in it. The people who get involved in this kind of scene and emotionally invest in it are the people who need to feel like they're part of something bigger. And that's why they're so easily triggered when you point out, hold on, who, who's you? Who's this movement you're part of? <laughs> Where are you moving to? What are you doing? Because that they need it, you see. They, ultimately, it comes down to, I think, and this is just my opinion here, it comes down to a genuine weakness of their own spirit. They, they haven't built up their own spirit to the point where they feel confident in who they are, even if they're the only person who agrees with them. They just don't have that. They need to feel like they're part of something bigger. So whatever point he was trying to make, I don't know what it was, but all he's done is prove my very point. Look how easily he was triggered when he was told, nah, dude, I'm not so sure there is a we. And if there is, I'm not part of it. Like, I'm not part of your we. It's that simple. That's all it took. Can you see what you're saying here, Cathexas? He proved my point. He proved it better than I could have proven it. So whoever gave him the invitation, uh, in the future, please run it by me first. But that's worked out really well for me because it's proven every single point that I've been making with this episode, with impromptu chat last week, Metafay the week before that. He's just proven the very point that I'm making. These people are driven by a psychology. They're driven by a need to feel part of something. They're not driven by evidence or research or logic. They're not calm, rational people who can have an adult, mature conversation. They're basically children in men's bodies. It's that simple, Cathexis. Well, if you feel that way, I mean, by all means, um, I understand your point. Your Tell me where I'm wrong. Tell me where I'm wrong. Well, I think it goes back to this. I don't necessarily see this colloquial we type attitude as a negative. I understand that you're saying it's emotionally charged and that it's easily attackable, so to speak. But if it if it allows for people to connect, if it allows for people to gain more information, I mean, he may not be presenting evidence right now, but he certainly has had conversations like that in the past where he has connected with people, have an emotional investment, feel like that he is part of something. Like I said earlier, I have too. So I understand where he's coming from saying it like that. But I mean, yes, he did get a little bit emotional and angry and I can't vouch for that. But what, what I'm saying is like on the other side of it, the flip side of it, I don't know if that's necessarily a wrong thing to be emotionally invested in what you think is the truth. 
he finds connection with other people who <clears throat> feel that that's the truth as well. So, I mean, we see this all across. I mean, I know this is what the show is about, MetaFaith. It's, it's about <clears throat> trying to understand the psychology about all this. So I get where you're coming from. But <clears throat> I, at the end of the day, I love, I love Issa. Him and I have had great interactions in the past. And I, I personally, I did not invite him on. Um, and I apologize that it went that direction. But no, there's I no, there's no need to apologize. And I think, I think behind the scenes, we've, we've sussed out where that invitation has come from. So these things happen. It's not a big deal. It wasn't Yucafexa, so, so don't worry about that. But if, if my argument, and I'll try and make this simple, my argument is that a lot of the people involved in this flat earth scene are emotionally invested in it. And they seem to be the kind of people who want to be part of something, even if the closest they've got to something is this online so-called movement. And it's because of these reasons that they're so easily misled and that they can be lied to one week, lied to with a different lie the next week, like by our lobe buster friends with the star rotation. That's why they can be lied to is because they need this on a psychological level. They need this. If that's my argument, can you tell me where in my argument you think there's a flaw? If that if that's the case, then I understand where you're coming from. But I, I, it's a, it's a broad brush that you're using here. You know, I think that there is value to be had with that type of of behavior and interaction, especially if one is close to the truth. I mean, this is the biggest issue that we're dealing with here. You, you could put two people down and show them evidence, and one paradigm of one person is going to perceive that evidence different from the other person's paradigm. So what is truth at the end of the day? I mean, I, I don't want to get too philosophical on it, but you're going to find that people want to uh, they, they want to be with other people who see what they see or think what they think similarly. And, and I'm arguing that I don't think that's necessarily always a bad thing. Absolutely, it can be abused. It can be turned into a cult. It can be used against people. I understand that 100%. And I'm not disagreeing with you there. I'm just trying to offer like kind of a small slide on the other side that it's possible that that's – I mean that's just how humans behave. So by going after that specifically, I don't know if that's the, a good argument. But like when you say that's how humans behave, well, obviously that's how some humans behave, but I'm not sure that we sure. can say that that's just a natural part of, of the human condition to uh, be, be friends or in their mind think they're friends with people who they'll turn on instantly when that other person questions them on a basic question, start attacking the person, whatever. Do a lot of people behave that way? Sure, they do, but I don't think you can say, well, that's just how people are and, and that's just that. I think the fact that this is happening in the flat earth scene, that, that is the point. That's, that's what's important here is to understand these people are not here for the truth, okay? If there is some truth involved in the scene, that's tangential to why they're here. They're here for psychological reasons. They're here because they want to feel part of something. This is a feelings-based virtual community. That's the point that I'm making. I think, like I said, don't want to harp on it too much more, but I think we've just seen another classic case of that. Take away their movement or just question their movement, and it's like taking, uh, taking the rattle away from a baby They'll throw a tantrum like we just saw. He could have been part of an intellectual, of a good, mature intellectual conversation here, the same type that we had last week, the same type that we had the week before, on topics that he finds interesting. He could have been part of that. He was welcome to do that. But instead, he got emotionally triggered, started attacking the host of the show, and what for? Well, he wasn't thinking rationally. It wasn't a rational decision. He was emotionally triggered. And I think that's it's a very simple point to fix this. And I think you can see where I'm coming from with this, but I do. as a flat earth apologist no, and, yeah. and maybe as someone with a relationship with Isa, you kind of feel obliged to defend him and that's fine. I don't know the yeah. guy. I'm not going to judge a whole man partial, off a five partial. or 10 minute I'm, I'm, conversation. 
Yeah, partial defense. <laughs> I know Issa well enough that I, he does get fired up and triggered and passionate about some things. And, you know, it is what it is. It's his personality. He decided he, he knew what he was going to do before he came on. I can assure you of that. He wanted to, to basically speak to you about this. He feels that you're being divisive, um, that you're pointing out the flaws of, of an already weak idea, uh, weak in the context of, you know, like I said earlier, I mean, if this be true, if the earth is not shaped like a ball, then it, it, it could be perceived that you are going after the low hanging fruit, fruit by, you know, attacking the social dynamics, the social aspects. And I get his argument there. I mean, I, I kind of agree with that. I, that was my uh, view before I ever really got to speak with you. I felt that you were a bit too antagonistic, and I didn't see the point. Now that I've spoken with you and I understand where you're coming from, I get it 100%. You feel partially responsible for the origins of this, and, and you should to some degree, but I'm sure that comes with a bit of cynicism. So I understand completely, and I, I'm just putting it out there that I, I get both sides of it. Put it that way. Well, let's let's go a step further, okay? You and myself and a number of people in the live chat right now, there's about 60 of them there, we no longer accept that heliocentrism is a true representation of our existence in this realm, okay? It, it is right. a model and it uh, it's a cute model and it's internally consistent if you accept a few absurd assumptions, such as the notion that they can weigh the earth with heavy balls in a shed. And a lot of people live it as though it's real because it's constantly reinforced to them through television and through other media, right? So mm -hmm. people like me, even though I don't believe in heliocentrism myself, I'm surrounded by people who do. They fully believe they're on a giant spinning ball going around the sun. They fully believe that, okay? That is a big deal. Now, if you've got enough people, calm, rational, intelligent people, reading books and sharing what they find in those books with the people around them, who knows? Maybe you could get to a stage where even if it wasn't a real community, you could build something online virtual that was worth actually being part of, that was worth taking part in the Google Hangouts or in the live shows and building somewhat of a, like a professional, without money, but like a, a relationship, like a working relationship with people research as you community. uncover the lies. A research, yeah. a virtual research community. You could do that, right? And there was, a, mm -hmm. there was a time when I thought that actually would be the case and I thought, gee, these flat earth charlatans, they're, they're covering what should be a research, to use that term, like a research, virtual research community, they're, they're covering it in crap with all this flat earth nonsense, you know, but they're just misguided. If they can just be shown that their arguments are crap and that it's better to focus on the problems with the official story, there'll be no problems. But that just shows how naive I was because I didn't understand why those leaders were there in the first place. And I definitely didn't understand why all of the viewers were there in the first place. The vast majority of the viewers are, as I said earlier, feelings-based people who want to feel like they're part of something. They have no interest in doing research or in reading books. That's why they'll believe in this flat earth nonsense and they'll keep believing in it. They're not going anywhere. There's no potential for a research community with those people. Would I want to be involved in a virtual research community with that Isa guy? No, that guy's a clown, man. He can't even control his emotions. What kind of good research is he going to do? It's ridiculous. Now, are there plenty of people out there like me and you, Cathexas, who are going to read books and have calm, adult, rational conversations? I'm optimistic. I like to think so. But we would be a tiny fraction of the overall audience who are involved in this. If I'm being really optimistic, I'd say a couple of percent. If you're being optimistic, what would you say? Well, I mean, I, I kind of make the argument that this is a human problem. You know, even let's say you have 100 people who see that there's something wrong with heliocentricity. How many of those people do you think would actually be that researcher type that we're talking about? I think only about 5%. 
this is a human issue. The, you know, 80 to 90% of most folks are believers. And there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody's at different stages of their life, different paths. But there's a path that most people stay at, an archetype of they're going from one paradigm to the next, and especially in this context. So people will say that they, you know, they don't agree with heliocentricity. They have a couple good things that they've seen. They can't articulate it very well. They may even go and read some books and, and try to understand it better. But it's just the nature of, 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 of humanity, unfortunately. This is what, if you look at, you could take any, um, any situation and look at the United States in a whole. 85 to 90%. I mean, how, what, what do the, the secret societies call it? The unwashed masses? I hate to use their term, but I mean, this is something that they're very aware of about humanity. Now, that's all been manufactured. We could go back and point out television and Tavistock and all this stuff. It doesn't matter. The point is, it seems to be a human problem that there's a large amount of people who would just rather believe something instead of know why they believe it. I'm searching for people who want to know why they believe it. And, and that's why I'm happy to be speaking with you. But I don't think you can ever – like I think what has happened here in this current situation with Flat Earth is, is rational in the context of what I just explained. Like I see these people that they've gone from one belief system to another, and I don't agree with that being a good thing to do, but I'm not them. Everybody's on their own path. They have to figure this out and discern it for themselves. I see it as a human. Yeah, I think, I think it affects us. I think you and I are in furious agreement on this. And again, we're kind of building upon what we spoke about in the impromptu chat last week. So I do recommend listeners go and check that out because we did cover a lot of this at the time, this, this basic understanding of, well, who, who are these people? Now, for me personally, if Isa and all the people like him want to go and watch the Loeb Busters talk about pyramids for three hours, I say, let them like that's, I it's, they can watch three hours of television. They can watch three hours of like, who cares? It doesn't make a difference to me. But I want to make it very clear, I am not like that person. I have very little in common with that person. We're both humans and we'll both say that we don't believe in heliocentrism. Me, I can then sit there for a couple of hours and tell you why. Him, he just doesn't believe in heliocentrism because he now believes in flat earth. He's just gone from one to the other, like you said, you see. Even if even if we share the same opinion, it's, it's actually not really the same opinion because mine is based on the evidence and the research that I've done for myself that I can share with you and articulate with you on the spot. Whereas with him, it's just an opinion which is fashionable or helpful or in some way beneficial in his mind to hold for the time being. And he'll change it again just as quickly if and when that seems to be the right decision for him to make. So there's very little in a fundamental, I don't want to use the word spiritual, but in a certain very important way, there's very little in common between myself and somebody like an Isra, the way he represents himself. There's very little in common. And if those people want to go off and have their silly shows and their hangouts and their drama, I'll sit here and I'll enjoy the show. I'll enjoy the drama. I'll do a live metafay with Tim and with Ed and with yourself and all the rest of it. But how much more clear can I make it? I have very little in common with those people. I'm not part of their... If I had a collective, I'm not part of a Cathexis and I want to know why you would want to be part of it yourself. Well, I take people on an individual basis. You know, I don't... I, I don't consider myself really a part of uh, anything. If I do use the colloquial we, it's it's just circumstantial trying to, you know, kind of illustrate something. Um, but like I said, I take people on an individual basis. Issa and I have had a very different interaction. Um, like I said, I think he came in here and, and wanted to present himself that way on purpose. He feels that you're confrontational and he wanted to confront that. So, I mean, that's just the way that I interpret that. He's, he's, 
he's even though he's passionate he's not normally like that you know and i i don't want to see her you know apologize for it because he did get rather emotional but the point aside i still will have conversations with people and, and take them on an individual basis i've never had a problem with him in the past no that's fair enough well i can only base look we're humans we recognize patterns we can only base our opinions on what we see i've only seen a few minutes of that man but i've seen enough of him to know that he shares certain uh, patterns or characteristics with a lot of people in this scene Definitely. and they're people I do feel sorry for. The idea of getting emotional about someone challenging you, believing that you're part of a movement, to me it's like, man, what has to be wrong in your life to be that emotionally invested in it? It's uh, very sad to me. But you know what, Cathexas, you and I have been talking a lot. I want to give the other panel members a chance yeah. to hear their thoughts. So we'll go to Tim and then we'll go to Ed. Guys, anything you want to add from the last 15, 20 minutes? The floor is yours, Tim. Yeah, my bad. I forgot I invited him. Um, and really, I thought he was going to come on and tell us his story about his um, flat earth fling or whatever he wanted to call it. But um, I guess he did on his own accord. And um, then, you know, he said he loved me and he said he loved you, even John, and then went on to uh, basically do what he did. So, uh, I'm yeah, I'm kind of glad that he did come on because it is it is a prime example of um, these kind of people, uh, what I've been dealing with and what John's been dealing with for over two years now. So um, it, it's not really right with me that that these people think that there's some kind of self-righteous trolls for their own movement and anything that they do is, is righteous, but anything that I do is, you know, totally just being a heretic to their movement. So it's unfortunate, but, you know, we've seen it uh, time and time again. Um, you know, I thought he was going to come on and, and be a little more decent than that, but, uh, obviously he didn't. So, um, I mean, I, I would like, you know, I, I did reach out to Cathexas cause he is obviously a, a flat earth apologist, but also a, an apologist for just all kinds of truth or trolldom. So, um, but, you know, I, I would like to invite people that are on the flat earth, uh, boat bandwagon. Uh, echo chamber group think to come on and be able to voice their opinion and talk about the, the obviously the meta aspects of, of the flat earth. I mean, we, we did have a prime example of Antonio, you know, his whole charade tonight. So it would be nice for, for others to be able to come on and, and be able to, yeah, have a decent conversation like the, I guess the rest of us have, but anyway, on to you, Eddie. All right. All right, here we go. Um, what I think we witnessed tonight, and I think what we've witnessed over the past year and a half, when people get angry, when people get violent, when people get, become threatening, what I think what we realized and what we've seen is pride. And pride forms when you declare yourself something. Pride forms when you're happy with who you are and what group you are tied to. Pride happens because that's part of the human condition. So for these flat earthers, and I've been subject to many death threats and all kinds of different weird things with the weird videos I've posted, which very few are still in the internet. Anyway, um, it's a pride thing. It's, it's what I was saying earlier. It, it's, it's, it stems from the identity politics. When you attack the group that people identify with, and let's be serious, is thousands of different groups, subgroups, subgenres, blah, 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 that people consider themselves in every single aspect of, of life. Because that's what people do. They count. They 
subdivide themselves. They say, well, I think like you, so we're alike, but at the same time, we don't think alike, so we can't talk. It's, it's a <laughs> best way I can describe it is it's, it's a pride thing. It, people become prideful and people get angry and people want to fight when you test their pride and they want to show how important this thing, these things mean to them. I've seen flat earthers lash out. Like, I mean, like self-destruct, like to the point where like they could get arrested because they're making threats online. That's not all right. That's not like what normal people do. <laughs> so I just like everybody who's, who's a flat earther, think about it. Think about it. Is this your group? Is this who you are? Don't be so prideful. And if people question your shit, ask why instead of, oh, that makes me mad. <laughs> do something else because it's annoying. And I'll pass it off. Uh, just, I'd like to add, though, with, with all due respect, Dad, I mean, the same words that you just said, which are right and relevant, can be applied to both sides of the issue. Absolutely. I, I've absolutely. seen many, many people who identify as globalists absolutely at that same threshold of someone like A4. Someone who's oh, trying to kill Definitely. you over the internet. Yeah, and so and, and I just want to make that up, distinction, Ed. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's why I brought up the human condition because that's the way people are. Exactly. That's not the way things are. That's just the way people are, and people tend to fall into certain groups and genres and subgenres. No matter what, there's no way to yeah. to to stop that. And people become prideful over those things, and once you attack them, that's it. So that's more of an instinctive reaction. So. Everybody that does it, I forgive you. And at the same time, I don't. Fuck off. Like, figure it out. Get better. Become a better. Say with the say with the heliocentrist, though, right? Like, we were all indoctrinated from a young age to believe that we did set, grew up on a giant spinning ball. We live on a giant spinning ball, right? So Absolutely. they've been trained that from the time that they were young, and they actually have zero evidence. The average person on the street has zero evidence for any of yep. that belief, right? It's simply an appeal to authority, right, yep. or an appeal to consensus. Just logical fallacies. They haven't actually got a single shred of empirical evidence to give to support what is an incredibly, like it's a huge, you should take a step back to believe that, whether it's true or false, to believe that you live in a giant spinning ball hurtling around the sun, going through the vastness of empty space. That is a, that's a very big thing to believe. So to have not a shred of evidence to support it, of course, when you challenge a heliocentrist, they get triggered about that. They're, they're defenseless. But you've got these flat earth proponents trying to tell you that by learning about all of this, They've found peace or love or they're part of a movement. They're going to change the world for the better. It's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight. This is the umbrella conspiracy. They're selling this idea that by believing in flat earth or letting go of heliocentrism or whatever it is that they're selling, they're selling this idea that people are actually better, that the humans involved, the people involved are better people for it. But then who is coming along to them and saying, yeah, you think that and you want to think that, but let's put that new theory to the test. Are you just as easily triggered as a heliocentrist? As far as I'm aware, there aren't really many people doing what I'm doing, which is saying the same way that we analyze the heliocentrists and why they're so easily triggered, why don't we apply this same analysis to the flat earth believers and see if they've really progressed as far spiritually or psychologically as they think they have. And as evidenced again, just a moment ago by ISA, they haven't progressed at all. In fact, in some cases, they seem to have regressed because at least when they were heliocentrists, they kind of felt part of society. Whereas once you let go of that, I mean, that's that's a fundamental part of the modern religion of scientism is heliocentrism. Once you let go of that, you become disenfranchised from the society around you. You see, so a lot of these flat earth proponents or believers, they're, they're actually in a worse state now than they were as heliocentrists because at least as a heliocentrist, they kind of felt like they sort of fit in. 
Whereas once you let go of heliocentrism, the average person feels completely disenfranchised from society around them. And they're more prone to wanting to think that they're part of movements, which the moment you challenge them, they get emotionally triggered. So the, the point that I'm trying to make is everyone on this panel knows or by John, are you there? Well, you're cutting out, John, just to let you Part of the movement we're going to bring down NASA. They're the exact century tree. Whoa, what's going on? <laughs> John, your connection's acting up a little bit. Just past five seconds. I apologize for that. Well, look, I'll, I'll put it in simple. To this show and to last week's show as well some of the listeners are starting to get an idea that actually there's a reason why the flat earthers get triggered as well. There are simple explanations when you take the time to analyze these people. There are simple explanations that, that explain why people are acting like this, like, like children, really. Like the idea of getting emotional and attacking somebody, you know, whether it's the host of a show or you've just joined a regular random hangout or whatever, the idea of attacking the person uh, because they've challenged you on your beliefs about being part of a movement, the idea of getting emotional about that, like if you take a step back, that's... That's not a sign of, uh, of a person in a good place, in my opinion, Cathexis. I understand. I, I understand completely where you're coming from. You know, I, but my, my whole argument is you do find this issue amongst many groups. It's, it's not just uh, this group that – I mean, it's great to call it out. I mean, that's, that's what a skeptic does. You're observing things that you – that nobody's talking about that need to be need to be approached, and this is why I'm I'm so interested in doing this show because the the elements that we're we're observing the psychological elements the meta aspects of like what we saw with Antonio earlier what we saw you know just what we kind of went over and mapped out about this whole thing I mean these are elements that they that they need to be uh, analyzed so I I get where you're coming from you know a lot of people say that flat earth is a cult you know i've seen but i've seen the same cultish behavior like i always keep saying from the globe side you know but but look at two sides of any issues you could say chemtrails and no chemtrails i mean at one point there was almost like a cult-like following of people who insisted that contrails were chemtrails you know it's so i think that this is a human problem and it shouldn't necessarily speak I mean, I know this is a flat earth show, so therefore we're going to talk about it that way. But I don't think we should be so exclusive about it. It's not just, you know, X amount of flat earthers who are doing this. This seems to be a human issue. It is. It seems to be consistent. Five to ten percent of folks, maybe not, but I think the larger group tend to have these elements that you're pointing out. Well, well let's move on, but onto a sure. related topic because you brought something up that I find really interesting. I want to get all of the panel members' opinions on this. You mentioned earlier, Cathexis, that these secret societies, when we say secret society, we don't mean as in the society is secret. We mean as in within the society, they have secrets that mm -hmm. aren't released to the rest of us, right? That's right. And I have to say, in the two years that I've been doing this kind of work on YouTube, obviously, I've been here since well before this whole flat earth thing picked up. I was doing my own work just with the, the what I call the baby hoaxes, media fakery, you know, faking things like the Sydney siege and the rest of it. I've been doing this for a couple of years now. I'm, I'm almost at the point now after a couple of years where I think to myself, I don't like how they intentionally make people stupid through the education system and the rest of it. I don't support any of that at all, right? Mm -hmm. But given that the masses today are for the most part completely and utterly retarded, I can actually see why people would want to keep the important truths to themselves. Why would you want to share it with someone like Isa 
who is liable to turn around 30 seconds after you share an important truth with them and attack you as a person. Why would you want to tell that person anything about the truth? Why wouldn't you just say, let that person be and we'll talk about our truths with other men who can sit down and talk about things calm and rationally and not get triggered like babies. I'm starting to become sympathetic to these secret societies, Cathexas. So I want your opinion. Then we'll go to Tim and to Ed. Is it possible that some people, a lot of people, maybe the vast majority, really aren't capable of even comprehending the truth, let alone uh, dealing with it and making their lives better with it? Cathexas. Well, I mean, the the term unwashed masses, you know, we do hear it in this realm uh, that we research. And I, I think there is some truth to it. I mean, it is outside of the fact that it is manufactured, like I said, we could break it down on another show how this is manufactured. But they, th- these truths that I'm seeking, at least, I can't sit down in a Starbucks or some you know mainstream outlet and start talking about the things that I research. People look at me like I have two heads. It's absolutely crazy what when I'm interacting with the public and I even just let slip some of the things that I'm interested in. So I am sympathetic to this notion because you have people who seek the truth and then you have people who think they have it already. And I think that the unwashed masses, quote unquote, are the ones that think they grew up at age 25 and they know everything they need to know to move on in this world. And we find this left and right, at least in the West, I do. And I think that that's what the term means, these unwashed masses. Outside of it being manufactured, I get where you're coming from. They, they, it's pearls to swine. This is the whole principle that they operate on. Uh, they're just going to trample over the truths. I, I, I personally am, I'm, I don't throw ice in there myself, but I understand where you're coming from with that. Oh, I throw um, him in there for sure. And I, I want to say for, for you, full disclosure, yeah. I'm not part of uh, any secret societies and no one in my family, as far as I'm aware, is involved in any secret societies. But for full like disclosure, Cathexis, I will ask you, are you, are you do you happen to be... Uh, and uh, what's the word? Illuminated? Are you part of one of these secret <laughs> Am I a traveling man? Is that are you a traveling man? <laughs> no, I am not traveling from the west to the east. No, I am not. I've just done a lot of research into it. My father, my grandfather, none of them were involved with, the, with any secret societies um, at all. There's a Masonic Center in the town that I'm currently staying in. There's a, a large two-story Masonic Center in between where I'm staying and where I walk mm-hmm. to sit down and work on the, uh, on the internet. Because there's, there's an establishment that has a much better internet connection than where I'm currently uh, staying, as evidenced by this um, Google chat. Anyway, so I like to sit there and, and work there. I have to walk past the Masonic Center every day, and it seems <laughs> relatively harmless. And uh, I don't know what happens. <laughs> I don't know what happens in these places, but it seems quite plausible to me. It's, uh, it's a bunch of men who sit around talking about how dumb the masses are. And really, the only difference yeah. between what they're doing, if that's what they're doing, and what I'm doing here is that I'm publicly broadcasting my thoughts to those same masses. So maybe... Uh, yeah, maybe we're, not, we're not getting hoodwinked or, or taking oaths. That's the difference. <laughs> we're doing it publicly. Yeah, I'm with you. We'll go, to, uh, we'll go to Tim and then to Ed. Tim, just broadly on this idea of maybe, man, maybe people like me are wasting our time, or maybe we were in the past wasting our time trying to talk sense to some of these people. Maybe they really are just beyond hope. Yeah, John. Um, Yeah, they're basically more asleep than the supposed sleeping masses, most of these people. Mostly it's flat earthers. I mean, you see that Isa got, you know, did his little uh, temper tantrum, and then you get all these free chan, uh, kami chan trolls coming in, and basically these people are underemployed or not employed at all. They they have 
uh, no life at all. So they, they did build a family uh, through the Internet, and they're all great friends, and they all have each other's backs. So I understand where he comes from. But like you, John, I don't want anything to do with anybody like that. I don't want to get stuck in an echo chamber. I don't want to get stuck in a circle jerk. And, I mean, people like him are proof of why we should probably just fucking give it up because these people are hopeless. We'll go to Ed Upside Down Head. And again, for context, Tim, uh, Ed Upside Down Head, and Adam Moyer, who joined us for Impromptu Chat, which we did last week, again, available in MP3 for free from my website, johnlebond.com. The three of them got together, did a show, two shows, in fact, where they went through a bunch of reasons why they thought the flat earth scene, this was back in early 2016. This might've been February or March, I'm not too sure. So we're going back quite a way here. Got together, did a live show and gave a bunch of reasons why A, they thought that the flat earth uh, so-called model was uh, nonsense and B, some of the leaders seemed a little bit nefarious. So they've done more than their fair share to try and help people stop believing in nonsense. Ed, you were part of that and you've tried to help people see that they've been misled. And you have suffered some of the consequences that come with trying to help people. What are your thoughts on this idea that maybe some of these things should be kept secret because the masses are just not capable? Oh, oh boy. Well, <laughs> like you were saying earlier about um, some of the tactics that you've read about with, uh, I don't know, just in the truth community about, about the elites and things they mm -hmm. want to do. Mm -hmm. And then you can sympathize towards them. Like, um, I've been to the Georgia Guidestones in my life. I've put my hands on them. I got some pictures. It's deplorable. It's uh, disgusting what they want to do to humankind. And then you use your imagination and think if you are one of those numbers counted and you're like, hmm, that's, uh, that would be pretty great. There would be plenty. There would be luster in all things. There would be no want. You know, things like that. And you think to yourself, like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Maybe... Everybody doesn't need to know everything. And even if, all right, let's put it into context. Let's just say somebody on YouTube came out and it, they were the shit and they decided to tell everybody the, the good news and everybody decided to wake mm -hmm. up. What does that do? That doesn't do anything. Everybody still pays their mortgage, their credit card bills. They still go to work. Even if people learn that the earth was flat, okay, what next? Mm -hmm. There is no what next. So when people talk about, uh, Masons and Illuminati, what after? What's the plan? It, okay, so you can you can wake up anybody you want. Great. What does it do? It doesn't do anything. And and that's that's essentially the truth community. It's it's a bunch of busters that don't know what the hell to do next. They just feel enlightened themselves to hold that so-called superior knowledge. Um, that's what I have to say about that. Okay, so what, let's get into this broader discussion then of what people are actually capable of learning. I mean, Cathexas, we chatted last week, and you come across as a man. I mean, you studied philosophy at university. You're obviously interested in thinking about things, reconsidering things. You're willing to change your mind if you can be shown that you're wrong, or at least that was the case with heliocentrism. You believed in it. You no longer believe in it. Is it really, are there really that many people who are capable of doing that, though, of saying, you know what, I was wrong. Uh, now I've changed my mind, and, and here's my new opinion. Are many people really capable of that on the bigger questions? Like I, I, I think through all of the people I know and who I've known over the last couple of years, some of the topics that I've broached with them, I'm starting to think, just based on anecdotal experience, that a lot of people, there's something about who they are, and it probably goes back to how they were raised and this sort of thing. They're not really capable of, um, of admitting 
that they're that they're wrong about something truly important. It, what you can call it ego, you can call it whatever you want. I think a lot of people, it might be the majority of them, the the notion of saying, yeah, I was wrong, and here's why I was wrong, and now I'm better for it. It actually is beyond them for one reason or another. I'm starting to think that that seems to be the case more often than not. Well, I mean, I, I mentioned those numbers earlier. It seems to be like an 80 or 90% of folks who tend to think that they know. And, and that's it. They get to a point in their life. And there's a multitude of reasons. Like you said, the way they were raised, ego has a lot to do with it. And it's just they've, they've had a paradigm. Most folks have had a paradigm conscripted for them. They don't even know what a paradigm is, let alone that they are in one that was conscripted for them through media, through governmental action, through consensus reality, etc. Most folks don't even know they have to think about this stuff. They see something laid out in front of them. Their dad did this and then they did that. And so he's going to go do this and that. You know, so I think most it's just. It is a minority of, of people who search for truth. It is. And I'm not saying that to boost myself in any way. I've gone through a long, hard path to be able to get to this point. Maybe 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to be so flexible with my paradigms. But through what I've been through, <clears throat> it's something that I, I am eager to do now. You know, I, I give way to possibilities that seem absolutely ridiculous in order to – that's how I entertain different paradigms and philosophies. I try to put myself into it. But a lot of people do right, they don't have that. Be socially, when I go to work, you know, at other places where I interact socially, I don't find many people who I can relate with on on this level. So I think it is a minority. I really do. And I think let, those let's, factors play into it. Let, let's put some of my theories to the test then, because one of the most controversial pieces of work that I've ever released in my two years, and remember, I'm one of the people who broke down the Sydney siege. In fact, of all the people who were covering that at the time, I think that some of the stuff that I revealed that I've discovered through my research was uh, unique. I think largely the Sydney siege, which was a big event in my country, of all the people, and there's not, there's not many people involved in this, but of all the people involved, I look back and I think I did some pretty good work back then, right? I'm pretty proud of that. So I covered the Sydney siege as being fake. I've covered a number of other fake events. Obviously, I was involved in the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, which brought a lot of opprobrium as well. But of all the things that I've done, the most controversial piece of work that I've ever released was my work exposing Nikola Tesla as being mythology. A lot of people believe things about Nikola Tesla that are not supported in any way by primary evidence at all. If you read the words of Nikola Tesla, his actual words as presented to us by the Tesla uh, Society, the official uh, Tesla memorial groups and people who write books about Tesla, if we look at the books or the things that Nikola Tesla wrote, according to them, Tesla didn't say anything that is alleged to have uh, done by people today. People say he, he invented free energy and that he was knocked off by the Rockefellers and that he transported electricity thousands of miles and all this kind of nonsense. There's not a shred of evidence to support any of that. In fact, if you look into the character of Nikola Tesla, you'll struggle to find any video about him and any more than a few photos. It's a very interesting character this Nikola Tesla, it looks to me as though it's all mythology. All of his Tesla stuff is conspiracy candy for the conspiracy types to, to love, to lap up. Oh, yeah, Nikola Tesla was a great guy, going to give us free energy and he was going to save the world and the Rockefellers knocked him off. It's a beautiful story for a conspiracy theorist, but it's not backed by any primary evidence. And that was the most controversial thing I've ever released, a two-hour podcast where I read out the actual words of Nikola Tesla as presented to us by the Tesla Society. Tesla didn't even write any books. Any books that you think that you've got that Tesla wrote were actually compiled post 
after his death, after he died, they were compiled from articles that he'd written for a, pardon me, for a, pardon me, frog in my throat, that he wrote for an, for an article for a, a science, sorry guys, I need to have a drink of water here. Yeah, that he wrote for a scientific article, magazine, that was compiled into a book after he died. So there aren't even any Nikola Tesla books, right? But I went and did the research, found out what he was alleged to have written in those articles. It has nothing to do with what we're told about him today. And the reason I bring all of this up is that last week on the show, Cathexas, you brought up that you think I'm very anti-Nikola Tesla. You still believe in Nikola Tesla, don't you? Well, you've definitely done more research on him than I have. I'll be honest with you there. Um, I, I think I fell into the conspiracy candy of it. And the, the thing is, is it, other factors in this world have led me to believe that there is a dual set of sciences that exist and that the, the conspiracy candy of what we hear about, what the mythology of Tesla, I do believe exists in some fashion, in some way, shape or form. Um, and it's, it has been hidden. So Tesla may have not produced it, but I think that following at least some ideas that he may have had. There's other people who fall in his category too. You have Schauberger and there's several other uh, great theor uh, physicists who were dealing with magnetism. And, and uh, I think that those, that side of science has been a, not as mainstream um, as the other ones, the, um, the more physical me mechanistic materialist sciences, the energetic sciences I believe have been kind of hidden from the public. So I use, to, when I'm talking about it in public to other people, I use Tesla as kind of an identifier. A lot of people know exactly what I'm saying when I mention his name. That's pretty much it. But you did a, a good job breaking it down in, in most of his work. I did, I did watch that podcast and I did view your article on it, but I haven't done enough research to be able to dispute you on it if I wanted to. But you know what? The reason I love this Tesla, because I had no idea when I released that podcast, the reaction that it would get. If I had have known it would get that reaction, I probably would have released it even sooner than I did because <laughs> this for me is it's very insightful when you can have people who support all of the work that you do and they say, yeah, we love your skepticism. We love that you go and read the books and then you bring the best parts and show it to us and give us citations and that's all great. That's real research. They support it 100% until you use it, that same research method, skepticism, uh, primary source evidence, going and checking that for yourself. They love it. They love all of that up until you use it to reveal that one of their favorite characters from so-called history, Nikola Tesla, uh, actually wasn't at all what you've been led to believe and you've got no evidence for any of what you believe about him. They don't like it then and they turn on you very quickly and it really doesn't matter what you think you've got in common with people Oh, we all know that we don't live in a giant spinning ball. We all know that uh, the TV lies about the Boston bombings. We all know this. We all know that. It doesn't count for anything because the moment that you then say something that doesn't make them feel good, they'll turn on you like rabid dogs. They won't go and find out. They won't go and double check your research or your citations. They won't go and read the primary source evidence for themselves. They won't do any of that. They will turn on you because you don't make them feel good. And people might say, oh, JLB, you keep harping on this but it's about feelings. It's very important that I keep up on about this. It's very important that people understand this. The people that you think are your friends, that you've got something in common with on the internet, oh, we know this, we know that, we watch this, it doesn't matter. They feel a certain way, and the moment you stop making them feel that way, they will turn on you like rabid dogs. And so Tesla is a great example of this. 
No one's debunked or refuted a single thing that I said in that podcast. About 500 players on my Podbean and YouTube view counts are heavily inflated. So it says that there's 2,000 views. Only a fraction of that number actually watched the whole Hangout. With Podbean, with your podcast uh, downloads, the statistics are much more reliable. And so I've got 500 players, easily my most popular podcast on my Podbean account through my website. Not a single person has refuted a single thing that I've said. The closest that we had was a guy called uh, Free Yourself Globally Project, FYGP, who's been involved in this scene for a couple of years. He was involved in the whole um, hoax-busting community with Jeff C and Translation and all the rest of it. So he's been here for a couple of years. He made a 15-minute video basically just saying, yeah, JLB says that Tess is not real. He's, he's a, she's a age shill sent here to divide the truth movement. And it's like, do you have a single <laughs> argument that you can, a single, th- is there a single thing that I've said that you can refute with evidence? And the answer is no. So I, I like this. Well, Tesla people like love skepticism. People love skepticism on the mainstream, you know, or I mean, if they're associated with this type of research, they love it when you're skeptical of, of what, you know, like heliocentricity. But as soon as you, what I've learned in the past month is as soon as you focus that skepticism on what <clears throat> the, the conclusions that some people are coming to, like in this flat earth thing, you're, but this is a human issue. I don't think this is specific. Like you said, it happened with Tesla. It happens, you know, an inconvenient truth. You bring an inconvenient truth down and you are going to have humans flip on you. You really are. They don't like that type of skepticism put to them. And, you know, it, it, it is what it is. You know, this is group dynamics, I think. But you, the, the reason I like the Tesla one is another one, Kithex, is because even people like yourself, you probably early on in your conspiracy days you probably bought into the idea of tesla didn't you oh yeah absolutely he's a big part of the alternative let's just use this broad term alternative thinking crowd he seems to be an important step for a lot of people whether they see it on the history channel you know the lost files of nikola tesla or they see a youtuber talking about it there are many people who i follow who, who i quite admire you know people like the renegade broadcasting crowd who are you know they don't like it how white people are being bred out of every white country. You know what I mean? They're kind of against white genocide, right? I support them with that, 100%. But even they, most of their uh, broadcasters, talk about Nikola Tesla like he was this great white inventor. And it's like the news to these guys that, and I'm one of them, you know, I I also don't want to see any race destroyed, white or otherwise, right? So I'm completely on board with him with that and I listen to their shows. How could I possibly break the news to them? Hey, you know how you guys seem to bring up Tesla like once a week or so, like this great inventor who was taken out by the establishment? Guys, that has about as much evidence as the claim that uh, race is only skin deep. You know what I mean? Like, you know how you don't believe the establishment story about, um, you know, about race and about IQ levels and all of that? You know how they, they, you know that the establishment is lying about all of that? They're lying about, like, Tesla. It's, it's all nonsense as well. You know what I mean? How do, you, how do you break that news to them? If they're anything like most of the people that I've dealt with online, they won't like hearing that. And they'll be liable to turn on me for trying to share this with them, you know? And and Texas, I'm kind of I'm pleasantly surprised that so far you haven't turned on me with the whole Tesla thing. But the truth is that you you don't like hearing that Tesla is mythology, do? Well, I, I encountered that when you first released it, and at first I I was I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I I, I was like, what what are you talking about? Because there is this you put it very succinctly. There's a mythology that surrounds him, and like I. Just mentioned though that he he seems he seems to symbolize the, the these energetic sciences 
I think is really what it comes down to. And so if a person is, is unaware of really his contributions, they'll at least know what it means when somebody says his name. So it's, it's great of you to go and, and critique it. And like I said, I haven't done enough research to be able to dispute you. So in the meantime, from what I've seen of what you presented and the stance you have on it, I'm perfectly capable of changing my mind on the subject. Now I'm in a neutral position, and now it's up to me to kind of complete that path. I'll tell you, this whole Tesla thing, and I'll get Ed and Tim's opinion in a moment. This whole Tesla thing, I, I learned a lot from it. Again, not so much from just the research I was doing, but from releasing it and seeing the reactions and what have you. It was only through the whole Tesla, because I never bought into the Tesla mythology. For some reason, I had just skipped that step of, I guess, the conspiracy realm, right? I never really bought into this guy for some reason. So for me, it was like, oh, yeah, I know they lie about lots of things. So when I discovered that Tesla was all mythology, uh, it, was, it wasn't that hard for me. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's interesting put it out there, but then to see the response and then to realize, hold on, like, okay, it did take me quite a few hours to read all of that Tesla work that he'd released, you know, because he did release those long articles in the, what was it called, the Experience Magazine or whatever, I had to read, so it did take me a few hours to do all the research, but not really that long, like, if, if I could do it, then anyone could do it, and yet I'm the first person that I know of in this entire scene who has come out and debunked the Tesla mythology, I'm the first person, and it, it dawned on me, hold on. If I'm the first person who, if, if I'm the first person who's done that, let's hope that I'm not, but so far I haven't seen anyone else do anything like it at all. If I'm the first person who's done this, why would I believe that there's actually that many researchers out there at all? Like maybe, maybe this idea of, oh, this scene attracts a lot of the wrong crowd, but there are real researchers out there. Maybe I'm still being naive and foolish. Like maybe in terms of people who will sit down with a topic fresh, go straight to the primary source evidence, read it, and then make conclusions based off that, maybe there's, uh, there's only really uh, one, and it's me. And that's not a nice thing to think. And I don't mean any disrespect to the fellow panel members here or, or any of the listeners, but if I'm the only person who actually sit down and read Tesla's words and say, look, guys, here's what he actually said, then where are all the researchers? I think this entire conspiracy realm, I think a lot of people have far too much hope for it right from the get-go whether it's flat earth or the hoax busting scene, whatever. I think a lot of people, they want to believe that there's lots of other people out there doing research. Whereas in reality, there is stuff all actually sitting down and reading the primary source evidence. There's almost none, you see? And like, this is a big deal because instead of investing, instead of emotionally thinking to yourself, emotionally investing in this idea of there are others out there and we're going to change the world, you come to realize if the world is going to be changed, it'll be me doing it, you know? And, and instead of externalizing your hope, you internalize it becomes a case of, all right, I can do whatever I want. There's nothing stopping me. Instead of waiting for someone else to do it, I'll do it myself. You know, this, this was a very important step for me in this whole two-year journey that I've been on. It's to realize, hold on, there's lots of stuff that hasn't been exposed. Not because it's hard to expose, because there is no one else out there doing that. They're all just sitting on their couches watching YouTube videos. They're not, they're not doing the research. There's very few people doing the research. Yeah. No, I understand where you're coming from. I mean, a lot of the, um, well, at least for me, I mean, a lot of the stuff this has been a progression, you know, for many years. I've been looking at things uh, in this alternative way for, gosh, since since 2000. I'm reading GeoCity sites about, you know, the Clintons. And, you know, I've always um, been interested in these type of uh, topics. So it's more like it's a culmination. And then over the years, you think you know something and you think you did the, the right amount of, of research into a topic or you got the right idea about something. And so you don't necessarily need to go back. You don't think you do. When you're approached with new information, then, well, absolutely. Like this is the whole Tesla thing. It's something that 
I do need to go back and, and reconcile. It's not like anything I've ever, I, I don't sit there and, and preach him. You know, he's not like a high priest of scientism for me. It's just more like a, you know, like I said, like an indicator. If I can just say to somebody who's aware of this type, these type of topics, oh yeah, you know, Tesla's technology might be this or that or whatever, then people are just aware of what the name Tesla represents. We'll put it that way. But no, I appreciate that type of skepticism. And I wouldn't say that there isn't anybody doing research, but we're going back to those numbers. I think it's a very small percent of real people because most people get things second. It's all second secondary. They hear it. They see something that sounds good, looks good. They get convinced by it. And so therefore they, they put it into their paradigm. I've seen people outside when the moon and the sun are up at the same time and they take a video of it and say, checkmate globalists. The earth is flat. How is the moon supposed to be up at the same time as the sun? Like they don't understand the, their own, the, the model they're trying to dispute. And, you know, you find this stuff left and right with, throughout any of it. So I think everything that we've been talking about is more of a human issue and not so much concerning these topics. I'm grateful that there is a group of people that are thinking differently about things. Sure, it sucks that some of them aren't as good of researchers as you or somebody else I might encounter, but the fact that they're there means that they're trying, in my eyes. And, and that I give a lot of credit for, because in this day and age, people are so, the, the, everybody is so manipulated, beaten down, and they, they go from their programming to their slave job, back to their programming, sleep, slave job, programming into the drink their weekend away, and rinse and repeat. This is the majority of, of the public. So when I find somebody who's interested, who knows what I'm talking about when I do even mention Tesla's name, or knows what I'm talking about when I say Boston didn't happen the way that they presented, I'm grateful for that at least. Especially when we get to like the more scientism topics. Scientism is a fucking religion. Pardon my language, but I am... That is something that I have observed over the past two years, and it is a secret religion. People get so furious when you disrupt them um, concerning their beliefs, and they don't even know. It's all secondary knowledge from the white coats, and it's, a, it's, it's appeal to authority, consensus reality, and it's, it's insane to me. So uh, anyways, I'm just grateful that there is at least a group of people there who knows what I'm talking about or what I'm interested in. Well, let's go around the round table, we'll get some other opinions on all of this. We'll go to you there first, Ed. Firstly, just on the Tesla topic, because this is like a litmus test, I think. I'll be using this one as a litmus test more going forward. Do you still, did you ever believe in the Tesla, the claims about Tesla, the free energy knocked off by the Rockefellers, good guy, and you know, they stole this technology, all this kind of stuff. Do you, did you ever believe in that? Do you believe in that? Let's, let's see what you think about this one. I'm willing to bet that it's possible, but I'm also willing to give credence to the many uh, people in the past that glazed over everything that Tesla ever did. So he may have had great revelations and great uh, changes to the field of electricity and electrical magnetism, uh, but you know he also could have just been a average somebody that somebody made a comic book about in the 1930s or 40s or whatever, and then turned it into this big thing. Things like that happen, just like Athexus was talking about and like how I was saying earlier, it, you know, everything we've spoken about tonight is the human condition. It's not about 
how people are or what they choose to do. It's about how people learn and how they choose to portray themselves and everything, all, all that falls in line. So uh, I don't want to get too far away from, from Tesla. Uh, sometimes people will hear these things and say, oh, wow, that makes sense. Just like you were saying, Jono, and they'll turn it into reality. This is the same thing as saying, you know, history is nothing but his story. You know, it's, it's the human condition. That's part of this whole fucking thing that we're all a part of, even though, yeah, who cares? Fuck everybody. We're on the internet, but at the same time, we're all chugging through it at the same time. <laughs> do you feel like Ed, do you feel like with this flat earth thing that you've been watching, do you put it, putting aside the cosmology, the shape of the earth, but with this whole human experience that Cathexis has touched on, I've talked about now, you've touched on as well, this is a human thing, this belief, people believe what feels good. Do you feel as though you're better for it? Like you could close your laptop, walk away from YouTube uh, for an indefinite period and the way that you lead your life, you're better for, for having been involved in all of this. Do you honestly feel that way? Honestly, yes, yeah. absolutely. 100%. Why? why? Um, yeah. Well, I think because... Um, I always questioned. I always questioned NASA. That that's that's never changed in my life. Um, when flat Earth came around, I was like, okay, let me check this out. Let me see what these people are saying. You know, some of the arguments made sense, but like I said later down the line, I figured out myself that hey, at least from my own perception, I believe that it's not correct, and I'll leave it at that. But here's the thing: I've learned more about cosmology, uh, physics science in general than almost anybody that I know. And like Cathexis was talking about, you know, you find these people online that you can connect with that actually know what the fuck you're talking about. And they can, they can like share discourse. They can give you insight onto what you're saying to some extent. And that is, that is something to, to behold. That's something to hold on to. And I think that maybe, maybe that's the issue that everybody with their own human condition, because we're all a part of it, finds on the internet and that's why pride becomes an issue and that's why everybody lashes out when you test what everybody else individually has chosen as their identity and who they are and what they believe and if you decide against it then you're a heretic and you gotta go <laughs> here's why i ask because yeah. for me i want to believe that i'm better off knowing what i know and to some extent i think i am i think in certain situations i'm just better off knowing what I know about people now, I'm able to handle real life social situations better now because I think I've got a better idea of why people are behaving the way they're behaving. So I don't, you know, whereas in the past I might've uh, tried to engage with people when they weren't in the right state to be engaged with. Now, if I think to myself, well, this person's, you know, I'll give one, one easy example. If I now identify that someone's actually become triggered because of being threatened uh, psychologically by something that I might've said or that someone else has said, I know now there's no point trying to reason with that person. I won't even, waste my time, all right? That's one small example, but there are many that I could give you where having dealt with all these people online now, I've got a better read of people in general. You see, like this oh. is only a small cross section, but I feel like it's given me a better read on people in general. But in terms, of, from, in, oh. in terms of knowing that heliocentrism is just part of, <laughs> of the modern religion of scientism and, and we're indoctrinated with it, possibly just to keep us all under control, whatever the motivation might be, but to know that all the people around me We'll, um, we'll, we'll become triggered if you, if you challenge them on this. And, and we'll also yeah. not really want to, to talk about these things or not want to spend time with you if they think you're going to talk about these things. The effect that it can have on you socially and with your friends and whatever, once you stop believing what they believe, I'm not so sure that is a good thing. I mean, like, yes, okay, 
they're wrong. I mean, they, they believe live on a giant spinning ball. That's silly, right? But at least they all believe the same thing. And I think maybe humans, that we're meant to be, we're meant to be part of something and sharing common myths might be part of the, the human experience that we now miss, I'm now missing out on. I just can't do it anymore. I just can't, can't sit right. there and listen to people talk about space yeah. and this other nonsense. That's, it's like, come on. Was, this is ridiculous. That's what I was saying earlier you about identity reality. Oh, you prefer no, reality, no. not consensus. You prefer reality. reality, just like most of us that are talking right now. Yeah. What I was talking about earlier is identity politics, and that falls into the vast amounts of people. Think about the voters on this planet. Think about how you go to the voting polls and you think in your head, you're like, wow, probably 99% of these people are absolute fucking retards. Like, and they think the same thing too. And you know what? You're equally correct because everybody experiences everything on their own level. But some are more correct than others. All right. <laughs> sure. But like the, what, the point I'm trying to make here is that just because you've let go of uh, a false belief system or just because someone feels that they've learned something from this uh, realm on YouTube, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're better off for it. Like that's a, like a false conflation or a non sequitur. It doesn't necessarily follow that people are better off for it. So what I'm trying to establish oh. here is Ed, do you, I mean, I'm assuming that you, I'm, I guess I'm assuming here that you still don't, believe in the heliocentric uh, model as being a, a true accurate representation of our reality. I'm assuming that I could be wrong there, but whatever it is. No, that you no, feel no. Like, Absolutely. I've actually talked to Katexas uh, about this on free chain. Uh, I would consider myself a geocentrist otherwise, uh, unless there's any other proof that I haven't seen yet that I'm not aware to or privy to whatever. What's the difference? Yeah, good. So, so you no longer believe in the prevailing cosmology and the prevailing, you know, religious dogma of heliocentrism. That oh, must have had an effect on you just socially. Like, even if you don't bring it up with people, just being around people who do believe this stuff, like you have to see these people differently to how you saw them before, don't you? Oh, no, entirely, entirely. It's gotten to the point where um, it's not that I don't hang around with some of my friends anymore. It's that uh, I just don't, I don't want to almost like, People, to, you know, I go and I hang around with some of my friends that I, you know, they're good friends and I, I love them, you know, uh, but I go out with them and it's just nonsense. It's things that don't matter. It's things that I think are complete scams and I can't tell them otherwise or else I'll be chastised. And it's like, yeah. why am I even going to go through that? So I just kind of keep my mouth shut. And especially lately, I just, I push back a little bit and then, you know, I find myself on the internet more. And just to add my two cents, if you don't mind, I, I actually do feel changed in a positive way through this process. And it, it kind of goes along those lines because I, I don't go around trying to influence other people with this. I, I learned a hard lesson with a, a close friend of mine who's an alien believer. He believes the Pleiadians are going to save us from the reptiles. and the. Anyways, I, I told him that I was researching this topic of you know, alternative cosmology. And he got completely triggered. And he's basically refusing to talk to me, essentially. Um, and then my brother, he kind of behaved the same way. And I wasn't being like, oh, it's definitely this, it's definitely that. I'm just saying, hey, here's some things that I've, I've read. Here's some things I've researched. Why don't you take a look at it? But the, the way scientism grips somebody is it's so hard to walk away from consensus reality. And this is where I think the true benefit lies. When you're able to 
observe that you're in a particular paradigm that you did not conscribe to yourself and analyze it from an outside position and walk away from it and rebuild your paradigm, you have a skill that most people do not possess. It doesn't make you better or lesser. Everybody's on an individual path, but it equips you with building your life up the way you want it in a better way that you you didn't have before. You're not following because when you're going with consensus rally, you're you're part of that follower group. You you're just going with the herd. So this process, like I had never questioned any of this stuff. I just thought that why would they lie? It's that that famous why would they lie? And when you realize the history of astronomy and where the numbers come from and why they say what they do and why the model looks the way it does, you realize that like those things have psychological effects on you too. When you think that you're spinning and when you see the sun move across the sky, your primary knowledge tells you it's moving across but then what is the old Beatles song, The Fool on the Hill sees the sun going down and in his eyes sees the world going around? That, there's a psychological effect that particular uh, cosmology has in, on an individual. That's a topic for a whole other day. But I think that because when I saw another way, when I saw, wait a second, maybe the sun's moving and I'm stationary. When I had that thought at 35 years old, that was the first time I ever had that thought. That bothered me for one. But two, it awakened me in a way where I was able to, I don't know, I felt like it, uh, there was a release within me, uh, as strange as that sounds. You know, I know a lot of flat earthers go spiritual with it, and you hear that, but it kind of was along those same lines. It, it's almost like one final grasp of control was released off of my being. But so, yeah, I'm, I feel like there's a tremendous benefit by going down this path. So but like you haven't, you've explained like I guess maybe the the moment of realizing certain things. But in terms of an actual practical benefit to your life, what have those practical benefits been like? Like I said, I've I've sort of found myself wasting less time with people who can't be reasoned with. Why try and reason with someone who's not interested in reason? Right, that's one area where I feel like there's a practical benefit in my life. And then also just this this paradigm of oh people people like what makes them feel good. You know in, in and this can even be taken to the extent of they will believe what makes them feel good, even in the face of overwhelming evidence to the contrary, right? So understanding when I'm dealing with people now, be more aware of how they feel about certain information rather than about the the logical um, validity of it. You see what I mean? So there's some been some practical benefits in how I deal with people. But overall, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, um, you know, my overall dealings with people are better because... I'm now dealing with them in a different way. I don't see them the way that I used to see them. I used to think we had a lot more in common. I have very little in common on a spiritual level with most of the humans around me on a day-to-day basis. And I was already somewhat aware of that, but the last year especially, it's it's really dawns on me. It's like, wow, I, I look like them. I sound like them. And they look and sound like me. Uh, and we might all be good people. We might all be We might all be good, pleasant people or whatever, but on a fundamental spiritual level, this is very alienating and disenfranchising to Texas. You've got to agree with that. I do, but I guess it just comes down to what, what do you value? And I've always been that particular type of person that wasn't fully into like integrated. I, I was always the odd one out, so to speak, at a, even at a young age, which is fine. I've, I've developed into that um, happily. You know, I'd rather someone come to me, you know, seeking a particular 
bit of information than me. Like I don't go around trying to spread this information. I learned it early on in life that people are not interested in, in higher esoteric truths or, you know, talking about cosmology. People really are not. They're, they've been convinced to think that what's on television is important or what, you know, sports team. And, and you are so vastly different from that type of person, which is the majority, unfortunately, that you either have to embrace it or get email about it and be like, oh my God, I have nothing in common with these people and feel sorry for yourself. I embrace it. And I feel like that's the point that we're here for is to learn all the truths that we can to progress down that path. And I see this as a huge step forward in me realizing that our cosmology is different. But that's, right, just so that's, that's my experience and that's your experience. But let's look at some of these yeah. other people, right? Because again, you and me are likely to go and read books and to contemplate things. And as you said, you kind of felt different before to other people before you knew all of this. I certainly have yeah. been aware for some time that I'm in some, well, everyone's different to each other, but in some, I would say important ways, whether you want to call it intellectual ways or spiritual, whatever, I knew there were differences before. So you and I are probably more used to feeling a little bit different to the crowds that we mix in. Yeah. A lot of people don't though. They're, they're quite used to just turning up to wherever, wherever everybody is. They turn up there. They keep up their appearances. That feels perfectly normal to all of them. Is it possible that you and I are among the smaller percentage of people and that for most people, they're actually better off believing all the nonsense that everyone else around them believes. They're actually better off that way. Is that possible? It's po it is possible. It's funny. We were, we were broaching this topic when we were talking privately uh, before we got cut off. And I, I think that you, you might, there might be some truth in that, that the, the, they portray everything the way they do because they know that the, the true nature of what they're in that most likely the masses couldn't handle. Well, at least at one time, you know, it's something it's usually like a slow progression of truth over the course of, you know, X amount of years, if they're kind of letting something out of the bag. So, yeah, I think it's possible that keep what what is it called bread and circus? I mean, this goes back to Caesar's time, Roman times. It, it's, you mean back two hundred years ago? <laughs> very possibly, actually. But you see what I mean? Like we hear this 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 concept of bread and circus, where uh, there's a certain segment of the population that they are they are on that their particular level of the path. And there's nothing we can do about that. We can't advance them. We can't, you know, make them care about this stuff. Maybe that's what they're here for is just to experience the mundane. It's, it's not. Yeah, well, see, for me, it's not even me. about wanting to make them. For me, it's, look, I've, I've learned the hard way that you can have, there are negative, there can be negative unintended uh, consequences, uh, even when your primary motivations are positive, right? So you might think to yourself, yep, here's what I've discovered. I want to share this with some people because I think they'll be interested in this and we can, collaborate, build off one another, etc. This is going to be great. And then you find out, sure, for some of you it was great, but for a lot of other people, they um, they were disoriented by the information that you presented to them. Yeah. And then they were sucked into a completely nefarious charlatan uh, virtual community, right? And then you think to yourself, well, there's a certain duty of care. You know what I mean? Like even if I'm not responsible for these people, we always have to be uh, considerate of the consequences of what we're doing to those around us, right? Like that's, yeah. I, I think without getting into like a um, debate about morality or ethics or anything. I just think personally, as someone who presents ideas on a platform that anyone can access, I have a certain duty of care to the people who are listening to try to do more, more good than bad, right? Just on a basic utilitarian yeah. level, you want to be thinking that you're doing more good than bad, right? 
if it were the case that the majority of people are actually so far gone that they are better off believing nonsense because at least they're with their other nonsense believers. If I were to come to the conclusion that that were the case, I'd have to seriously reconsider what it is that I uh, broadcast publicly. Now, to an extent, I already do that. I've got so much content I haven't even broadcast publicly yet because I'm not really sure how to frame it or how to sort of present it to to the people who might listen to it. And I guess I'm still on this path of uh, filtering out audience members. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people who listened to me 12 months ago don't listen to me today. You know what I mean? I've, I've been slowly but surely triggering them and getting rid of them. Do you know what I mean? Slowly but surely by accident and by design, right? But even at this point in time, there are things that I know, things that I've been researching just in the last couple of weeks where I think this, there are people out there who'd love to know this. This is good stuff. But there are also people yeah. out there who, when they, when they hear this, they'll either be disoriented by it and become a potential prey for the charlatans or they will only, they'll only listen to the conclusions. They won't listen to the, the fundamental arguments that lead to the conclusion. They'll parrot it to other people and get themselves ostracized from social groups. But there could be negative consequences for more people who hear this than positive consequences uh, from the people who hear this. Does that make sense, Cathexas? Can you see where I'm going with it this? It does. It does. Because in, in understanding your roots on this subject specifically with the ball earth skeptic and how early you were with it, I you do seem to possess this type of responsibility that you seem to carry um, where it looks like that you feel responsible for some of these you know, people falling victim. And I can't say, I can't tell you not to, you know, that's, that's your feeling, your, your experience. But at the same time, you cannot direct somebody's discernment. You cannot direct any individual. And I don't think knowledge should be hidden necessarily uh, from, from anybody. It's up to the individual to be able to discern what is true or not. I think that truth tellers and people who are coming out trying to put this information out should and always should. I don't think anything should be held back. But, like, I get where you're coming from. I hate the. I don't even think the truth this, is but... all that hidden, though, bro. Like, I don't. Like, uh, look, I'm sure there are some things that I'm completely well, oblivious to. to but, but in terms of like, um, you know, relative to the average person, I don't really think there's that much that's hidden. Like this internet that we're using right now. The official story is that the internet was uh, first sort of um, hooked up between a university and a military base, right? Like last night, checked. I'm pretty sure that's the official story. The internet came straight from the military and anybody who's spent time looking into how much power the military, especially the US military has over the populace. Like they, they see, they see movies with the military being involved in gun battles and they assume that's what the military is. But of course, that's not what, that's not what the military is. That's, that's a small, that's a very small part of their overall operations, right? That's, they're much more powerful than that. So a lot of our technology comes straight from the military, just to use that term broadly. You and I have it. We're communicating over it right now with zero latency. People are listening to us right now with uh, very little latency. We've got full access to this. It's practically free. As you said to me off the air the other week, they, they've got a program in your country where people are basically given phones on the cheap just so people have phones, right? Like this technology is available to us. A lot of what I've discovered was either through the internet or I got ideas from the internet and I then went and read books at the library or whatever. Like a lot of what I now think I know and a lot of what I disbelieve, I owe to an internet which came straight from the very people who ostensibly are the ones supposedly keeping the information from me. So where I'm going with all this is I'm not even so sure that there's so much hiding the information anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like it almost seems to me like yeah. it's all there waiting for me and for you and for a very small percentage of the people who are involved in this scene to go and look up for themselves. The rest who don't go and look into it for themselves, 
that they're not really not, the information's not being hidden from them. They're 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 actively avoiding it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that goes back to those numbers again, you know. But this this might very well just be revelation of the method. I mean, everything is coming out. If you watch the past 10 years of this alternative community, you can see it morph and change into more progressive understandings of the world around us. I mean, think, let's say YouTube came out, what, 2005? We got to the topic of heliocentricity possibly being wrong in, what, 2013? You know what I mean? It took eight years for that to happen before people were talking about chemtrails. Before that, it was 9-11 endlessly for five years. You see what I mean? Like there seems to be this progression of people who research things alternatively to get to the point that we're at now. There is a good group of people who care about the truth, who do seek it out. There are casualties, I suppose, you know, people who are believers who just get bored and watch conspiracy stuff because it's entertainment to them. And they may fall victim to charlatans. Sure. You know, I, I question what, how all those new age people or the channelers have so much money coming to them and so many people who think it's legit and real. But there's always been charlatans and there's always been suckers in that regard. If, you're, if your pursuit of truth is pure, which I personally think it is, uh, and I know mine is as well, you know, we're going to come to our conclusions and hopefully we can share it with the world around us. I don't think it's our responsibility if a charlatan takes it and manipulates a populace with it. I just don't, because like you just said, everything is there. Nothing is hidden. You know, there's always been charlatans. They're, they're going to do it. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that by having this discussion and obviously the discussions that we had on uh, Impromptu Chat and then the week before that, Metafay uh, episode zero, between those two hangouts and this hangout now, between these chats, Hopefully enough people have heard what I've had to say about it, what you've had to say about it, Tim and Adam last week, uh, Tim and Ed this week, and gotten the notion that um, just because it looks like there are people on the internet who are here to help people, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. Just because you feel like these people are your friends, that's not the case. People like myself, I'm openly stating, I am not your friend if I haven't met you in real life, okay? I'm not. I'm, I can't, how can I be? You know what I mean? There's certain communication that happens between people just through body language. You know, you meet a person in real life and you start to get to know the person a lot better until I've done that. I'm not someone's friend. I'm not their sage or their guru. If I put material out there, I'm doing so hoping that people will get something out of it the way that I got something out of uh, whatever I found out. But I'm doing this for me. You know, I put this content out for me. I learn from it, putting together a, like a five, uh, say a 10 minute video that can literally take several hours for me. Do you know what I mean? And sort of reinforces certain information in my head. There are things that I can remember just at the, like the click of a finger because I spent hours putting that into a video a few months prior. Do you know what I mean? And I can revise information quickly just by going back and watching an old video. I'll be like, oh yeah, that's right. Come straight back to me. So I'm doing this for me. And I think anyone who's being honest, they're doing this for themselves. They might be trying to help people, but only because that makes them feel good. Do you see what I mean? Like no one yeah. can rely on me or on Cathexis or on anyone to do their thinking or their research for them or to be their friend or to be part of a family or their cousin or any of this stuff. You can't, you can't rely on anyone to do your work for you. And I think Liz, so long as I make that clear to people that I'm not trying to do their work for them, if they want to learn, they've got to do their own work. Uh, so long as I make that clear, I think I'll largely mitigate the negative consequences. But at the same time, I've been here for too long to not understand and appreciate that there will be 
some negative consequences. You know, even as simple as someone like Isa could be a really well-meaning dude, but look, look what this has done to him, you know, where he gets so easily triggered. You know, even well-meaning people can, can bear the brunt of the negative consequences of leaving behind the mass religion. And really, that's what I think is happening here. There's people who are saying, hold on, we've all been indoctrinated into a religion. Turns out it's very easy to debunk the religion. Obviously, not many people are trying because it's, all it really involves is opening a book and going, what? That's their story? Hold on. No one told me that. That's, that's really their story. That's how they did that. What? That's all it takes. That's what we're doing. We're just debunking religion. And I do believe some people might be better off with the religion. They, they might actually be better off. You might say, oh, no, truth is supreme and truth is important. And you can believe whatever you want. I'm saying based on what I've seen of people, what I've observed of their behaviors, they might have been better off in the religion. And so I'm not actively trying to well, seek out uh, new people now. It's like if people want to listen to me, great. But I'm, I'm not really so much interested in seeking out um, new people to listen to me now. If they want to find me, they'll find me. They'll find my work. But um, I'll tell you right now, in my real, in my real life, like I don't, in, in my offline world, I don't try and take people, stop people believing in heliocentrism. I never even bring it up at all. Why yeah. would I? You know, let's leave, leave them yeah. be, I say. We'll go to Ed and then we'll go to Tim. We'll have to wrap this one up soon. Uh, Ed and Tim, go to you first there. Ed, anything you want to share, any ideas over this last 15, 20 minutes, especially to do with are people actually better off? Well, honestly, I, like, like I said earlier, some people are better off not knowing. Some people may be better off just doing their own damn thing. Um, there's nothing wrong with wake, uh, awakening people. There's nothing wrong with opening people's eyes. But what does that do? Really, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no litmus test to, to, to show exactly what you're actually doing. So if, if that's what you want to do, that, that's what drives you great does that mean you have an additional you know extra people watching the same videos you're watching do you are you just trying to develop an your own echo chamber you know uh how people react towards truth so-called i want to throw up quotation marks but i really can't right now um how people react to that it's it's subjective and typically everybody has their own version of it and people will fight for it. And I am, I don't know. Everybody needs to figure everything out for themselves. They need to research. They need to look into more things than what they are watching on YouTube. And I'll pass it off to Tim. So, yeah, I pretty much through the flat earth have figured out that um, pretty much everybody does the same amount of research as even the people that are watching CNN. Does anybody have family or friends that watch CNN that actually go and fact check who the authorities were that gave them that, uh, that whole tidbit or, you know, so basically I'm actually re-questioning everything. I think, um, I mean, I literally am going back to 9-11 and questioning that because of these fucking hoaxers online they're a bunch of liars and they lie and lie and try to get just just like the flat earth just keep a little circle jerk movement coming and going and that's all it is it's all just to be a part of something and i thought it was truth at the beginning but i'm starting to figure out that they're all a bunch of liars um, that's why we have 20 different, you know, conspiracies on, on 9-11, 100 different, 1,000 different, who knows? Nobody's right about it. 
there you know no plans all this nonsense this is this is this has gotten way out of control for me personally in my life um so i'm i'm glad i'm happy the flat earth happened because it has completely removed me from the charlatans that claim that they are spitting truth when really they're hoaxing me and they are hoaxing everyone else and it doesn't matter if they're getting paid it doesn't matter if they know doesn't matter if they're that stupid to believe some of the things that they say. It doesn't. None of it matters. It really, what matters is is you and your life. And I found this extremely uh, just distasteful that people will will tell you things that are the truth supposedly, and they have no factual basis on the matter. They have no research done. They just sit there and watch YouTube videos, and it's pathetic. And I'm done with it. I'm literally done. You're done for the uh, fifth time, Timmy? <laughs> Probably third or fourth, yes. But no, I'm done, dude. Conspiracy Realm is a bunch of losers that sit around and make shit up. And they make you and your life basically worse. Uh, and you can see through pretty much anybody that talks on this panel. We've all been ostracized. We've, we've done it to ourselves because we want to believe, we want to have a, the feels, the feels good of the conspiracy realm. And it's all absolute garbage. It's all conjecture. And it is not the truth. So let me, give you a counter, was, uh... let me give you a counterpoint though, Jobby, uh, not Jobby, uh, Tim, because you, like you're saying that it's all garbage. People like me are saying, I think it's, I think, yeah, this conspiracy realm is all garbage. Tesla is a classic example. Most conspiracy theorists love Tesla. You can't, he's, he's one of their priests now. He's one of their saints who can't be questioned. But so is on TV. Everything on TV is garbage. Like, it's all garbage, man. It's all garbage on the TV. It's almost all garbage on the YouTube. It's, like, I'm, I'm saying it's, it's all garbage, man. Like, what are you, you going to do, though? Are you going to stop watching TV and stop watching the YouTubes? And, and then what? Like, just, just sit around playing banjo? Like, what are, you, what are we supposed to do? Well, I mean, I really can entertain myself in other ways than media such as this to try to find truth or news or whatever. I really don't care. Like, I can do so, so many other things with my life that are so much more interesting and so much more worthwhile that have nothing to do with this realm on the YouTubes. I mean, it's, it's absolute insanity to keep doing this over and over again and take liars' word for it. They're liars. They're all liars. Russian dudes, PK, all, all these people. It's 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 just a sham. It's all a giant sham. Sure, but yeah, like, suppose you leave the internet behind. Sorry, Kefix. Suppose you leave uh, YouTube behind and the internet behind Tim, and then go and do other things with your life. Like, generally speaking, the other things that you do with your life will still involve interactions with people, won't they? And after your two years or so here, you probably know too much about people now to just pretend you don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if you're saying that you want to believe in heliocentrism, fine. But you now know that all the other people who believe in it, they've got no evidence for it. Even if it's true, they believe it without evidence. And yeah, that's but a I'm sitting on a panel of people that thing. have. I'm sitting on a panel of people that have enough evidence for them to make the conclusion or the determination that the Earth probably is what is prescribed to us. But we all probably. still want to live in our little fantasy. That we're going to say, oh, well, we don't believe in the ball, but we, you know, we don't believe in flat earth. And everything works on the heliocentric model. And you can say it's a model and you can't model it and all this nonsense. <laughs> but really, you are in disbelief 
if you don't believe that the heliocentric model works in the reality that we all share here, okay? So when I see Tim, all you these, said, these, go ahead. I was you used the keyword there, believe. You also used another keyword, probably. You see what I mean? Even you, as certain as you wish to sound right now, are not. This is not an easy uh, choice to make when you are when you you are shown or you you've discovered all of the factors that that play into this. It is a no, model. No, you, it, no, you guys, most flat earthers, most everybody, has not done near enough research on the matter. And yes, things do get very intricate on this level of our reality. It really, it really is intricate. Okay. When something so is people... true, it's usually very evident, Tim. But that doesn't mean anything with with the the complexity of our world, the complexity of what's in our body alone. That you can't say things like that. This is this is not something simple that we can all sit down and say, "Yep, it's flat, derp derp." It's not like that. Nobody's saying that. This is Nobody's complex. Saying that. It's very complex, but the thing is, it's presented as that it's not. You know what I mean? Like it's presented that, duh, we've all known the Earth is a globe, idiot. And most, just like John said, people are going to be going around and they have no idea why they know it's a ball. It's it's way more. Like you said, yeah, it's and, complex, and that's a big right? deal, Cathexus. It's like let's just say that heliocentrism is one hundred percent true. Like that we actually do live on a giant spinning ball going around the sun. Let's just say that that's true. The fact that everyone believes it and can't actually give you a single scientific bit of evidence to prove their belief means that they have faith. They have faith in their education institutions, their governments, etc. right? That alone is a big deal, right? That, that's where this whole idea of the meta-faith comes into. It's like we can put the debate about the shape of the earth aside for a second. We all know from our own personal anecdotal experiences that when you bring this up with the average person, they get triggered. They're like, What? Like, what do you mean you're questioning it? How could, how could you question such a thing? Well, that, that's what I'm doing. I'm questioning it. They can't handle that. Even if, even if we do live on a giant spinning ball, the way that everybody around us reacts to it when this is challenged says something about people today, about society today. And then it also says things about the education institutions today, television today, government today. These are important things. And once you, once you see this with your own eyes, you can't unsee it. You can't just go back and say oh yeah well you know people people believe it but i believe it too so it's okay that they have no evidence for it i don't think if you're being intellectually honest tim you can do that like i think you know even if you want to believe in heliocentrism that's fine i think you know that people based on what you've seen for the last two years you know that people are a lot dumber and a lot stupider not just conspiracy theory people but people in general than you knew two years ago like you have to accept at least that people take a lot more on faith than we were led to believe when we were at school yeah, but I'm just as dumb and gullible as anyone else falling into this this nonsense conspiracy crowd. So I don't I don't expect myself I don't I don't see myself any higher than anyone. And yeah, it is weird when you go and you talk to people in the real world because yeah, we have seen things that you know just bring a lot of questions in mind that that people still you know eat up the mainstream punch bowls you know nonsense every day, but. I mean, we've we've just like the flat earthers. They they've given up one belief for an absolutely one without any proof at all for a belief, and they go around 
you know, basically professing that it's all truth and it's all, you know, and, and it's all been interweaved with everything else that anyone has ever worked on for, for years about in this conspiracy circle, you know, just like I said coming on. Well, anybody that believes in, you know, 9-11, piss drinking. I mean, this is just all these, these different conspiracies that all got melded together. So now, yeah, yeah, it is ridiculous for somebody to, to, to bring up the shape of the earth. It is stupid. Like, we all learned what it was, okay? And we all do have some certain amount of faith in people that actually do this for a goddamn living. Uh, you know, uh, astronomers. You can go do astronomy yourself. It all works. But we all want to live in this little fantasy conspiracy land where we feel good. But it doesn't make me feel good anymore to see people like this, man. It doesn't make me feel good to see Antonio come on and talk about a woman that, you know, in a way that he, that no one would do it. You know, and some people are for it and some people are against it. And it's just, it's all absolute insanity. And, and truthfully, I don't. I would rather go back to the mainstream news than than listen to this garbage anymore. Not not saying our talk, but I'm just saying these conspiracy theorists. And yeah, I will call them that because I was one. All right, I was one. A lot of this shit doesn't have enough evidence to be so certain of these facts or these supposed facts. So I've been to Joe Rogan. What if, Tim, what if there were lots of people like Cathexis or like Ed? What if the majority of people in this scene were like Cathexis or Ed and they self-reported that they were happier for knowing what they know? They weren't doing live shows talking about the sexual proclivities of their ex-lovers. They weren't yelling at each other. They weren't smoking 20 spliffs a day and getting divorced from their wife of 27 years. They weren't any of these very sad individuals. They were just regular people like Ed or Cathexis who said, you know what? I'm happy that I know this. I'm glad that this came into my life because it's forced me to reevaluate things and I feel smarter now. If there were more people like Ed and Cathexis, would you be more sympathetic to this scene? Well, I've said that personally myself. I think I said that the first show, I am happy that it did happen to me because I did figure out how gullible and how stupid I can be when it comes to conspiracy theories for even, even coming close to latching onto this flattery thing. So... I, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know anymore, man. It, it really has shown a light to me in the past just couple months on on the absolute circus that this, this all entails. And uh, it, it's just, there's, there's no positivity coming from it. There's no, there's no foot on the pavement. There's no movement for many of these people. They're just a bunch of hot air, as I am. You know, I'm not, I'm not excluded from that. But I, you know, it's just, it's just something that I, I don't feel that I'm finding much worth in anymore. Like I, I'm kind of past that. Yes, it was a good thing that it happened to me. And I learned a lot about myself and a lot of things, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to like progress anymore by staying stagnant with it. Yeah, that's understandable. Look, it sounds like you're a little bit jaded by the whole thing. And that's understandable given that, you know, earlier today we saw that whole meltdown with Antonio and Patricia where, Again, it does seem like Antonio could be a real person. If these are real people, and Martin seems like a real person, these are real people, and we're watching them um, destroy themselves live on the air. And if you do have any empathy uh, for your fellow person, even if you disagree with some of what they say or you've had your own personal conflicts with them in the past, there's a certain part of you that says, this is not good. 
this is not healthy. I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to condone it. I don't want to in any way encourage it or support it. I don't want to do anything that would lead more people to be like this. I guess you can look at it from the perspective of, well, by sitting here and talking about it calmly and rationally and showing people that just because you've let go of one belief, such as heliocentrism, doesn't mean you have to adopt another. doesn't mean you have to think that these people are your friends. In fact, there's good reason to think these people are not your friends. Maybe that is still doing good. Like that's still doing something that might be useful to people. And Tim, like you said last week, man, you had 15 people, about 15 people contact you and say, hey, for doing that show with Ed and Adam, you helped me see that these flat earth people, uh, I don't want to be around them. Like you had a positive impact on people's lives, man. Like that's, I don't think you can put a price on that. Do you know what I mean? So it's easy to focus on the negatives, but I think if you're being honest, there are also positives of people like you and hopefully me, hopefully Cathexas and others going forward. There are still positives that we can have on, on people in this scene. Would you at least agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I am a bit jaded by it for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's just, uh, I mean, I, I enjoy being the pinup doll and I always have been for pretty much everything in my life, but, um, and, and none of this, none of them really harm me. It's just, it really, it, it comes on a personal level for me where, where these people are literally on shows telling you that they're, you know, we're getting more numbers and we want more numbers and millions are falling now. And, and, and there's so much hope back up, backed up with this that I, I'm just, you know, like it, I, I had my feeling when I was a flat earther basically for like two weeks and, and found out that I was being lied to. So these people that are going to continue to be flat earthers for years, maybe, or, or soon maybe figure it out or whatever, that they're being jay- or totally Jude, basically, in this whole scheme. Uh, I, I think that there's going to be some people that are, are going to be beyond my anger that I had for this. And, and really, I, you know, nobody here has any control on what they do. But, I mean, I, I, thought I, had a, I thought I had a little bit of a chance to try to help a few people. And, uh, you know, it, it is good to talk to people like John and, and Cathexis to where, you know, you guys have are obviously not emotionally invested in any model, you know, any really conspiracy subject or anything like that to where you could be switched off or, you know, shown evidence to be uh, turned a different way where these people aren't. They, they've been they've been re-indoctrinated to something so obviously not true that now they're going to have a worse life because of it, most likely. And I just, I, you know, it, it sickens me. It sickens me that this thing is still going on for years and years, and you got 24 fucking hour podcasts of these people, you know, feeling so good, you know, together and over oh, the flat earth. And it, it, it's like, I guess I shouldn't be upset with that because people that probably needed something in their life have found that something. And maybe that's what I'm searching for myself. But me personally, I can see that I'm not going to find anything positive from being in an echo chamber, circle jerk, group think kind of a flatter sophism movement as it is. There's, there's no way. So, you know, that's, that's why I'm just like, you know, you guys hopefully keep doing what you're doing. But I, I'm done, dude. I, I'm literally gone. This is this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever encountered in my life, and I think it just all kind of bubbled up on me for a minute for some reason. I don't know why, but <laughs> you see the little 
a weird little scene that we find ourselves trapped in. Uh, and it does seem sometimes like we're trapped. We, uh, we think we've gotten out and they pull us back in. It's very addictive, all of this as well. I think we can sit here and say, oh, well, we don't like to see people you know, throwing their lives away on the air. But then you think, well, I've done my best to stop them. I even went on the air and tried to question why he was doing it. He's going to do it anyway. Well, uh, I've done my bit. Why can't I just uh, enjoy some of the and some of the show? And uh, some people will judge me for that, and that's fair enough. But well, you know, <clears throat> I'm going forward. I do what I can. You know, going forward, I think that uh, if we retool what it is that we're after and ask the right questions instead of promote false models. I think that that is probably the best thing that we can do. And you're, you're, I've, we talked, John, you're kind of sympathetic to that. If we were to, uh, let's say, approach the topic of, like you did ball earth skeptic, which I think is the right wording. It's the right approach. I think that we need to have, if we went with a, a scientism skeptic type, you know, approach, rather than saying, oh, the earth is flat, no, we, what we do is we break down, and you keep saying this, John, if you just break down the model in which they believe, then we'll get to the actual truth of the matter. I, I Personally, I stay neutral on these topics. I don't know if it's flat or round or concave. I have no idea. I have no idea. I do not have the primary knowledge to give me an answer on that. I do. My primary knowledge tells me I'm flat and motionless, but there's enough secondary knowledge out there that has convinced me that possible that we're on a globe so there if we approach it and say okay how can the is the globe faulty how is heliocentricity faulty how is evolution faulty dinosaurs and you go down the line of modern day scientism i think that's probably a better approach and you probably wouldn't be as jaded as you are right now tim if that were to be the case yeah but there's always going to be somebody that can debunk you I mean, they're, they're, the, the people on Earth debates, as much as I don't like to hear them completely go with every single mainstream thing, at least they have a bit more knowledge that you don't hear from flat earthers. You, you don't hear sure. a quarter of the things that they have because, well, obviously because it debunks the flat earth, first of all. But second of all, because they haven't done nearly the research. And the research they, that they do... Mm is through flat earth so I mean, yeah but these guys these guys that you're talking about aren't doing nearly the research they're going to metabunk snopes and rational wiki and regurgitating their prepackaged answers yeah they for act the like that they're more superior no for even the for the side science of side of it they just go to wikipedia and read off what quantum physics says or read off what you know the curvature of the earth is they're, these people are not well researched. All they're doing is regurgitating the mainstream line. So I understand where you're coming from, but they're no better. But you don't know that the mainstream is a lie, dude. Even you saying that is no, no. I said mainstream fine. line, mainstream line. Excuse me, I didn't say okay. lie. No, no, no. There's, <laughs> it's not all lie. It's just there's a lot of fallacy and misconception that has been voted in by consensus. I'm not sure that you could prove anything to be a lie to me. Like factually, mostly about the shape of the earth. I don't, I don't think you could. Oh, what about the pancake theory on 
Did it's quite possible. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to <laughs> revisit that one, my friend. <laughs> we'll talk about that one later. But no, well, I just lost an upside down head, which is uh, it's a shame because I wanted to wrap the show up. Hmm. Find the shows up, so we might as well get to that now because we have gone a bit over time with this one. So I do like to give everyone a chance to ask the other panel members a question without notice, and so on anything related to what's come up so far tonight. One question for another member on the panel. If you've got anything to add on our thoughts, we'll start anything to ask myself or Tim on any topic at all related to what's been discussed so far. Gosh, um, not tonight, actually. Nothing's coming to mind. We've got it all out uh, before yeah. the final question. Yeah. That's good. Tim, any final uh, questions for anybody on the panel that you've been sitting on? John, what is the next? flat earth uh, low fest to happen, say, um, I guess, what, what would you call that? Some kind of a, um, I don't even know, like a whole Sasha thing or, you know, like a whole contrived thing. Do you have any idea what, what could be next? Ooh, what's coming up? Good one. Uh, first, do you think next, man? Like one thing that I gave the chronology earlier of the uh, sergeant, Steer, Lobe Busters, Flat Earth and Other Hot Potatoes, Antonio Subarats, Sex Tape, Daytime, Nighttime, Divorce, Recriminations thing. What I didn't talk about was the, the trees, the giant trees thing, which really, mm. if people hadn't worked it out by then, that should have been the last red flag they needed to know. They were dealing with people who were just fishing for views and fishing for nonsense, right? Once the, the trees came along and people actually gobbled that up, from that point on, anything was possible. I don't know, Cafexus, uh, what, what could possibly be next? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but you're absolutely right about the trees. <clears throat> that was a massive indicator for me. That 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 one actually felt like a, a, a psyop. I hate to use that word, but that one felt like a test to see what people would believe. Uh, I, I expect over the next... Is, Sorry, mate, yeah. you go. No, you're good, go on. Sorry, I'm getting, my internet's been cutting out, so I've been... It sounds like you're silent, but it's actually my computer. I apologize no, for that. But, um, but yeah, you, you look at the happened earlier today with the, the Antonio meltdown. That, that thing could linger for a while. We could have an ongoing drama there. It could well be that some people might see it beneficial to have two, two sides to a drama now. So you know, a lot of people were being very chummy with Antonio tonight. Maybe this will become an Antonio team versus... Patricia team thing. Who knows where this is going to go next on the social side of things, on the drama side. In terms of what topic comes next, we're already into November now. I make my film, I film uh, my documentary, the dinosaur documentary in December, and that'll probably be released in uh, January. So we're getting pretty close to that. And I think once people see what I've, the research that I've done and what I can come up with, they'll, uh, they'll find it very interesting. And even those who are already familiar to about those i think this will um, take on a, a life of its own in a way and it'll, it'll spur more interest maybe not the same way that the baller skeptic roundtable did for fe but certainly more interest than is there right now so for me that's what i'm topic maybe it will maybe it won't but um, beyond that it's very it's really hard to predict who knows what comes next man there could be a get a get together again and i, I just don't know man this scene always And in the live chat, they were saying, oh, JLB's taking advantage of this. And it's like, uh, yeah. 
kasi Yeah, John, we're not able to hear you. You've broken up and we can't hear you anymore. Yeah, yeah so sorry, sorry, I didn't know if that was me. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was on his end. Good, Texas. We might need you to round out the show for Johnny, boy. He's, uh, he's Johnny. I guess he just dropped. No, he didn't drop. He's still here. You got a good Aussie accent, man? Be like, today is November 6th. And this yeah, actually, my Aussie's long. terrible. Oh, he's, he's <laughs> so good at it, man. I could literally listen to John going to sleep. Seriously. <laughs> Somebody else said that earlier today. They said he has a very uh, calming voice or soothing voice or something. I agree. You back down? So are you real? Yeah. John, if you can hear us, you might want to refresh, maybe exit, come back in. It should keep the broadcast up still. Yeah, because no, we can't hear you. I, I actually haven't. Uh, I haven't looked at like any conspiracies for like probably six months. But I did. You know, I'm around the flat Earth scene. But uh, yeah, it definitely did uh, give me an insight into. Um, just the the nonsense and the, the unfactual basis that a lot of people make their claims upon and it's unfortunate because they say it's truth and they get people hoodwinked and i was one of them you know i i, I literally have to go through everything to see what what i was you know lied to about you know it's it's i agree i agree with that but don't throw the baby out in the bathwater. there is a lot of good information and and, and that's what discernment is about you know it, it's up to your own it's your responsibility to be able to discern that you can't blame the charlatans. You can't blame the false information or the wrong assumptions. It really does come down to you and being able to say, Oh wait, that's bullshit. I shouldn't have listened to that or I shouldn't listen to that. But at the same time, the next sentence the man says could be accurate and truthful. So it's just about this level of discernment that you have to cultivate. But I understand where you're coming from. I mean, really, I mean, I'm many don't point. have that, though. Many don't have that, you know, but that's and... not on you, dude. That's not on you. And I've been trying to say the same, John, you guys are not responsible for that. Like, this is an individual path. And if somebody wants to take the, the risk of their paradigm by looking into these subjects, well, that's on them. If they don't have discernment, and they're just a believer. Well, that's on them. What, what can you do about it? So that's well, my argument is that there's nothing you could do about it. You can maybe point – if somebody's deceived, you can point them in the right direction. Otherwise, it's up to their discernment. I've learned, I've learned quite literally that Flat Earth is basically a new religion, and it basically is like trying to you know, convert a, a lifelong Christian to atheism. I mean it, there, there's, no, there's no chance of, of trying to uh, – you know, a person like Tiffany, you know, you give her the information of the flat earth and she knows it's flat, you know, I mean, <laughs> and, and you can, you can try to downplay some of the things that she's doing all you want, but we both know that drastically this flat earth thing has changed her life. Well, Tim, it's changed your life. It's changed my life. You've admitted to that. 
John, you're back. What's up, man? Yeah, sorry about that, guys. The uh, internet here has just been playing up, so now I'm coming through my uh, mobile phone hotspot. So we'll have to wrap this one up nice and quick. It's been a very interesting chat. Probably hasn't been as uh, structured as I normally like to have these shows, but uh, I've gotten something out of it. But it's time to wrap it up. Um, just before I do, though, Tim, you, you've sort of come across the last hour or so a little bit negative or down, but uh, is it possible that give another few days, maybe another week, and you'll be uh, gearing up for MetaFay episode triple zero? <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah, I'll come chat with you, man. I, I, I do enjoy chatting with you and Cathexis and other, you know, somewhat like minds. I do enjoy that, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it doesn't have any place in my life anymore to, to believe these, these things that I don't have proof for. Um, and, and that goes with, uh, the heliocentric model. Like I, I can still believe, I, I can still disbelieve that, you know, you probably, to me, you probably can't find the mass of the Earth with two lead-heavy balls and a torsion balance, like I, I or a few lead-heavy balls and, and torsion balance. Like I, I don't believe in that. I don't need dark matter or dark energy for me to believe that, you know, that the heliocentric model is true to me. So, in that regard, yeah, I'll, I'll still come on and chat, man. Beautiful. We might have to make this more of a regular panel, I think. Uh, Tim and Cathexis. How about yourself, man? Have you enjoyed the first couple of pilot episodes enough to come back again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is uh, one of the more enjoyable uh, conversations and, and panels that I've been on. So I really appreciate you having me on, and I do look forward to it in the future. Beautiful. Well, what I'll do is this one has probably been like a four-hour show, so I might put this one on uh, Unlisted, upload it as two separate uh, MP3s like I did with the impromptu chat and try and see if I can iron out some of those um, technical difficulties because they're a real pain in the ass. But uh, that might take me a couple of days. But I'll get this one uploaded. I might just spend a week or two working on other things because this dinosaur thing is coming up and I've got a lot of work to do with that. But um, hopefully at some point in the future, make this a more regular thing. But always be on standby because when the next meltdown happens, I want to be there straight (laughs) afterwards to capitalize on it and uh, have some fun chatting about it. But that's it. So we're going to wrap this one up. Uh, today is the 7th of November 2016. John LeBon, I've been joined by uh, Tim Osman, Cathexis, Ed Upside Down Head, and for a brief period there as well, a uh, young chap named Isa. And uh, this has been Metafay episode 00. So uh, check me out on johnlebon.com, J O H N L E B O N.com. There you'll find Impromptu Chat number nine, which also featured Tim and Cathexis and Adam Moyer. And episode zero of Metafay, also available on MP3 for free, plus a whole range of other material which I think you might find interesting. So that's it for now. Until next time, guys, take care of yourselves.